Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi, and we're, I'm here with Armin Navabi. Um, Armin, uh, how are you? I have to ask you this every time. I know you're yeah, okay. Yeah, I you're okay? I'm, I'm so, okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Right, I'll, let so, you, I'll let you know if, if ever I'm not okay. I'll you'll just volunteer you know. the information? Yeah. So, yeah. Right, so I wanted to before we start today's episode, and this is going to be kind of a it's going to be a really fun episode, especially for all of us. I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, we do have a website now. It's called secularjihadist.com. Um, when you go there, you can get linked to our Patreon page. If you go to Patreon, a patron, we're actually doing something new right now. We have a goal of getting 500 patrons. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar. A month, literally. You can choose the options to do that. If you go on, and if we get to 500 patrons, we're going to be able to take on our next venture. Our next venture is to, um, we have a lot of listenership in Muslim-majority countries. So we want to translate a lot of our episodes into Arabic, into Urdu, Farsi, um, Gujarati, all kinds of different Bengali, languages. Bengali. Bengali. Malay. Malay, yeah. Yeah, so all of the a lot of different languages. We've got people we know who can do it. There are people who are willing to do it, uh, but um, we're going to need your help. So uh, if you are, are listening to this, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like what you get, and if you get some value out of it, do consider please going to patreon.com or secularjihadist.com, um, looking for us and signing up as a patron. So yeah, I, I already I just wanted to say I that already, ahead of time. I already found somebody with a really good translation team. Uh, and mm -hmm. what they do is that they translate the videos uh, with a very good price and they, they give you the transcript and also they give you the SRT files. Like, so I don't have to go through so many different processes. So I could just mm -hmm. upload that to the videos right as soon as so the so every so we're going to identify which videos are going to be the best ones to translate and we're going to just upload the srt like the, first we're going to start with arabic then we're going to decide which language we're going to do next um and we're going to upload it on our video so yeah we're going to get a global yeah. we already have a global audience but like for example we have a lot of downloads from egypt but it's only people in egypt that speak english right so it would be great if we could you know go beyond that and you know reach more people that's the plan so thank you everybody for doing that and for everybody already supporting us that's great if you can't support us that's perfectly fine we still want you share give us a rating on itunes wherever you listen to it and and it'll just get the word out there and so far it's been going amazing this has been an incredible year um so in any case Let's start with this episode. So we actually haven't covered this topic, Armin, which is interesting because both Armin and I are from Shia Muslim <laughs> backgrounds and we're both ex-Shia Muslims. So we thought that uh, we'd talk about this today and explain this to a lot of you because many of you have been asking. And for that, we have the perfect guest and I'm going to introduce you now. <laughs> and talk about timing as well. Being yeah. a Shira. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was Ashura actually at the time of this recording. It was yeah. Ashura, which is a a uh, a Shia Muslim morning ritual that we're going to get into in a bit. Um, so this is probably the right time to to talk about this. And we've got with us we've got Zahra. Uh, Zahra is a member of the Koja Shia Ethnashari Jamaat. This is a specific group of of Shias that's actually a very prominent Shia Muslim community across the Indian subcontinent, East Africa, Canada, and London. Um, Zahra was born in and North well, America. Well, like, yeah, in North like, America, big, like 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 the U.S. as well, a big chunk. Yeah, huge. So so there is, and I'm actually very familiar with them because you know we, especially at this time of the year. Because I'm in yeah. Canada and we have a lot of them. So Zara's actually currently in Australia, but you were born in Tanzania, right? Yes. Yep, so, that is correct. Yeah, and uh, you are you grew up in a, from in, in a Shia household, Shia community like us, and then you left Islam and now you're an ex Muslim. Uh yes. So I'll I'll talk a little bit about my journey, like just in yeah. a nutshell without getting into it. So I lived in Tanzania. Um, until I was 16. I moved to Malaysia. I was in Malaysia for about three and a half years. Then I moved to Australia in 2012. So I've been in Australia ever since. Um, and, and yeah, it's been a gradual process coming out of Islam and especially from the Shia community, um, not just the religion itself. Um, the community is interesting, but we can get into it as we move forward. Yeah. So that's good. And we're going to hear more of your story too. Um, okay, so let's just start with one thing because we have a general audience. We've had some recent episodes on the history of Islam in general about, you know, Muhammad, about the Quran. But um, Shia Islam, especially in Muharram, everybody's seeing those pictures of people hitting themselves and with blades and the self-flagellation. And, yeah, you know, Hussein. they're wondering what it's all about. Yeah, Hussein. Yeah. So they're wondering what it's all about. So we're going to um, start with a little uh, 101 on Shiaism. Right, so yeah. Armin, do you want to start with it or oh, just, uh, give a- just really quickly going through it? Okay, so when when Muhammad died, uh, some you know tensions between people that were closest to him started showing up even bigger than like it was already there when Muhammad was alive, but then obviously when he died because he didn't have a son, uh, who the there was some internal conflict between his family and other people regarding who's going to be the leader uh, of so it was Islam. a successorship it was successorship. A, it was a thing about who's going to be the successor it's kind of yeah. it was kind of like game of thrones but uh, on steroids yeah so without the dragon <laughs> <On> steroids. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was actually the stories are very interesting but that's, just, that's the end of the podcast guys game of thrones on steroids that's shiism that's, <laughs> that's, that's see you that's next good. time yeah. but, but just you know we could get it i don't know how much we don't want to get into too much details but just the there when it comes to the difference between shias and sunnis uh, the initial difference was uh, the difference, uh, the opinion on who should be the leader, right? And this difference was basically not a theological difference to begin with, but just basically, uh, uh, it seemed was basically the disagreement on who we should follow after Muhammad, right? But throughout the years, because these people turned into different groups and become became separated from each other, they became their perception of Islam and their ideology started changing as well. That was not initially the case, but then it turned into two separate uh, branches of Islam. Uh, another thing is to note that is that initially it, it wasn't seen as Shia Islam or Sunni Islam. It was just people that considered this person to be leader and people that considered the other person to be leader. 
and then late it turned into sex and uh, different uh, ideologies later on like even during the time that these people were alive they didn't consider themselves to be starting a new sect at all um main um the main uh i don't know if you want to get into theological differences but the main problem uh so just to just a quick summary the the after muhammad died uh the according to sunnis the 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 Rashidun, the rightfully guided ones, are the people that started uh, leading the Ummah, the community of the Muslim community. The, the, the four caliphs. The four caliphs, like, which four is caliphs. Abu Bakr, Omar, Osman, and the final one being Ali. Ali being what the, uh, what the Shias considered uh, the rightfully, the, the person that should have been from the very beginning, uh, not the fourth Khalifa, he should have been the first one. He should have been, he should have been the ruler after uh, Muhammad. And so they consider him the first Imam. And, and, and Imam Ali's sons to be the second and third Imam going all the way to, according, there are different branches of Shiism, but uh, the, mo the most common one goes all the way to the 12th Imam, which is the hidden Imam, the white guy that uh, he fell down the well and now he's hidden and he's supposed to come at the end of the time and save the whole humanity. Ah, okay. Any okay, you're going, <laughs> okay, you're going I really, love, really cool. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like this is what you read out, <laughs> you know, that you were taught in school. And you're like, I'm going to read it all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the very basics are just that the, after there was a successorship issue, after Muhammad, uh, the Sunnis went with the four caliphs. And the Shias yeah. decided that they wanted to go with Ali. The word Shia comes from Shiat al-Ali, uh, which means the followers of Ali, right. uh, who was a fourth caliph. And he was also the son-in-law and, and the cousin of, of Muhammad. Right. So there was, a, there was an element of family as well. The Shias also sort of believed that uh, it should come from the family, the a blood relative of the Prophet. So, and so the sources of a lot of the difference in ideology is because of the sources of Hadith. For the Sunnis, it's the Sahaba and, the, you know, the... The people who were companions of Muhammad for the Shia, it is a family of Muhammad and all so of his descent. Two more quick points. There's differences in theology and also differences in practice. The difference, the summary of differences in theology is that the Sunnis think, many Sunnis think Shias are uh, mushriks, they're heretics because they are partnered to gods, because they worship to the Imams, they pray to the Imams, they pray towards them, they kiss their shrines. They call their name when they need help. So uh, many Sunnis think that that's blasphemy because the only thing divine is Allah. Uh, and then, you know, kind of like how Protestants look at Catholics and they're like, Where, why are you praying to praying to saints that doesn't make sense only the only god is only uh, jesus and that's about it so kind of similar to that and she has looked at sunnis and they're like well you missed half of islam because when muhammad on his last um, migration to uh, um, on his last sorry not um pilgrimage to mac uh to kaaba he's basically told all muslims that um, you know, this, you know, everybody that follows Ali, everybody that follows me should follow Ali. And he thinks that they say that Muhammad brought two things for Muslims. One is his, um, book. One is the Quran and the other one is the Ahlul Bayt, which was his family, which would, which Muslims were supposed to follow after he died. And the Sunnis missed one half of all of Islam because they didn't follow Muhammad's family, which is Ali, Fatima, Hassan Hussein after Muhammad died. Um, yeah. 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 So Zahra I'll also add in, and also the yeah. So um, and also the conflict between um, was it uh, Umar and Fatima, like yes. the daughter, right after yeah. the Prophet died. Uh -huh. So yeah, and yeah, it was you know, and Shias then also moved like go on cursing them, mm -hmm. and 
I think the Sunnis are divided. They don't even know that they've been cursed. There are a lot of um, uh, duas and um, recitals that we have that have a lot of cursing to all the killers and Umar being one of them. Oh, right. Well. So the, yeah. So the uh, a lot of Shias actually uh, believe that uh, Umar was responsible for the death of uh, Muhammad's only surviving daughter, daughter was, uh, yep. Fatima. She, she opened. Uh, well, it was an accident, though, right? Like he opened the door. Um, no, the door he, they don't think it was an accident. He they kicked the door down, and she was standing behind, behind because they were going to come after Ali. Uh, she was standing behind. She was pregnant, and I think both of them died. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Fatima didn't die. The, the, her son died immediately, apparently, but she died a few days after. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her. Oh, right. So okay. she had two sons, Hassan Hossein, and I think the son that she had in her belly at that time was supposed to be Mohsen if she if he was born. Mohsen, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she had yeah, She essentially had a miscarriage, and she died six months after Muhammad did. So um, the only progeny of Muhammad surviving. Uh, were her sons who were Hassan and Hussein. So, right. and uh, that's where uh, the whole Baharam thing comes in. Well, yeah, Hussein. Okay, so j- the, this let, let, let's get. Should Zara? Do you want to tell the Hussein story no, since no. you're just kind of sitting there uh, and you want to talk? Um, I no, no, no. I like, I like, I like the refresher that I'm getting from this as well. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. So the Hassan and Hussein part is the one that the Sunnis and the Shias have a major conflict on. Hussein mostly Hassan like apart from the caliphs yeah. he, he is he yeah. is nobody but then cares it did, about like, Hassan. Power play. <laughs> yeah. is. the power play did start from Hassan Muawiya and right. then Yazid yes. and um which brings us to Muharram right the one month that people like that Sunnis value but not as much as Shias commemorate about it um and they get uh, I see the whole thing as a very barbaric act so basically, the big thing that I was brought up to believe as a Shia, and I think you guys would have too, is Muharram is important. The tragedy of Karbala is the most important thing uh-huh. that, uh, that as a Shia you should believe in. Like, hands down, like, not in the death of the Prophet, it has to be Muharram and Karbala. And I've been to Karbala, actually. Um, I've been to Iraq. Oh, wow, yeah. And it was a little... I have, I have. I've also been to Syria. I, I went to Iran as well. I traveled a lot around the Middle East because my parents are religious. Um, and it was, it was, well, one, I was really young when I went to Syria and it was a little barbaric that people were mourning um, for a death or a tragedy that happened 1,400 years ago um, over political power, right? And greed. Uh, mm. And, you know, people are cutting themselves to punish to punch themselves or feel the pain. Right. Um, and they say it makes them feel peaceful. So yeah, that we, was one of the comments. To, I had to pretend. Did you, have, did you guys have to pretend to cry? I had to pretend to cry. Yeah, I pre- pretend. I had to pre- you had to cry. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. had to pretend to cry, but I I'm like, either I'm emotionalist. I don't see the point in it. Right. And uh, I did. Like wearing black was always my thing, um, but hey, getting more colorful. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm still wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I'd wear white, and I thought I'd put on makeup because you're not allowed to. Um, so you know, I, I, I'm wearing um, makeup too. Okay, I'm glad. Um, Armin, sorry, <laughs> you yeah. in the maker uh, group. Yeah. Um, so the Muharram part is something that really, well, it was very dear to me until recently. Not well. 
few years ago, I guess, um, only because I was indoctrinated to think that way, that harm is so important. Um, so I had to go to Karbala. Like I begged my dad, I'm like, can you pay for flights and take me to Karbala? This was back in 2015. And I went there and just little by little, I just started distancing myself because of what I saw, kissing the shrines, praying to them, um, people having dolls in the shrine, I like especially on the ladies' side because the dolls in the shrines are like, Oh, we want like Sakina, who is um, the daughter of Hussein, so great granddaughter of Muhammad. Um, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, she was slapped and she was beaten, she was tortured, oh, yeah. um, and they have this doll. So they have this doll saying, oh, I want a daughter like Sakina, or Aliya was a baby who was shot down, which that story I think is ridiculous, and I'll just get into it really quickly. The tragedy happened, and there were 72 people from Hussein's army and Yazid's army was about a thousand, over a thousand. Uh, the 72 people included their, his family, um, the kids so, and the women. Go on. Can we just give a background to this? So Hussein is uh, the grandchild, uh, grandson of Muhammad and uh, his father and his brother has died. He's there uh, and he's now he's going, he's the Shia in the story, even though back then they were, they were not called Shias, they were called Shiatul Ali. Uh, but he was he was he went to war against Yazid, which was the Sunni leader of his time, and he had Let's only Umayyad Caliph and Umayyad Khalif, and he had only seventy two men. He was supposed to get recruits from Kufa, but they didn't show up. So basically, he faced a giant army with only seventy two men, and he's he him and his all his people were ex like slaughtered. And this event is what built Shia Islam. Like this, this is why Hussein. Like the martyrdom of Sh Hussein has made Hussein more important to Shias. I know they would deny this, but to Shias, Hussein is more important than Muhammad and more important than God himself. And his, this story, this story of Hussein is more important to Shias than any stories of Muhammad. And going to Karbala, which is where Hussein died, is more important to Shias than going to actual, to, to Kaaba, than going to Mecca. Like getting that is that is correct. Yeah. So uh, the the uh, so one of one of the things here is that, um, yeah, this story this story is actually looked at as a metaphor for it's almost like kind of like the Jesus on the cross where it is. he sacrificed he essentially sacrificed himself for the better of the Ummah, for the better of the Muslims because uh, the Yazid who was the Umayyad Caliph at the time. You know, he, he had a monkey as a pet. He used to drink wine. He was so, he had forgotten the message of Muhammad. Apparently, he had completely rejected uh, true Islam. And, you know, he, he, he does sound uh, quite a bit like an asshole from, you know, when you, when you read history. But at the same time, uh, what he did was, uh, you know, Hussein was trying to stand up for the, for the message of his grandfather, who was Muhammad. And he was brutally slaughtered along with his entire family. Mm. in Karbala where they, they were essentially blocked from water. They were on their way to Kufa to lead a, a sort of uh, a rebellion against uh, Yazid, the Umayyad Caliph in Damascus. And uh, they were blocked uh, by Yazid's army on the way um, near the rivers in Iraq, the Tigris-Euphrates, I can't remember exactly which one. And they were uh, essentially, they, they weren't given any water for three days. This is what the, what the story is. And uh, when they tried to go out and get it, get the water, they were all slaughtered. And that is this ultimate sacrifice. That is the moment of Jesus. So, Unwanted visits. Sorry, that was room service. <laughs> that was room service. That's okay. Service is important. Yeah. So, um, 
And just in time, just when I was getting to the whole family getting slaughtered. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Not stories are the kind part. of st- sad. Like, there's a part, I mean, they're very sad. There was a part that Hossein ke- takes a baby, like, holds it. Uh, yeah, like, six-month-old like, six child. Month, say, would you deny this baby water? And there's an arrow hits the baby. And there's a there's a part where w- when eventually they cut off Hossein's head off and they roll it in front of Yazid's uh, feet. And even Yazid starts crying. I didn't know that Yazid starts crying. They did, they they told that. They did, I didn't they, know that either. Yeah, they, they took that st- because they wanted Yazid to be fully. Yeah, evil. The, so the, they, the big asshole was Shimmer. He was like the general of Yazid, right? So he yes. kind of apparently went so overboard. So Yazid was like, that. if I was there, I wouldn't let this happen because Hossein really looked like Muhammad. Uh, so people, whatever they saw him, they would remember Muhammad. And also people said like, when they saw his face was beheaded, like I remember when Muhammad, when this, when Hossein was a child and Muhammad used to kiss this face. And these stories, like, really, they have really good. There's so many little pieces of what happened I that was, day. I was just, I yeah. know. I was, <laughs> it's really I was sad. just like, right. I, I mean, it's really sad. But then the thing is that people make it sad. Yeah, like, there have do. been so many tragedies in the world for people who've done a lot more. But then, like, look at the logic behind it. And that's what really pisses me off. Right. Regardless of what happened, why would you take a baby at a field? Like, why? Like, why would you even take your family out there and not even let the women fight? Like, it just, it made no, like, it makes no logical sense. Like, would you now take your family to Syria or anywhere where they're bombs and they go like, hey, we're going to fight you and then still expect a better outcome? Like, yeah, but they, they would say that just take it. But they were, they were, they would say that they were besieged. So they, it was an unexpected thing. So they're on the way going to Kufa, right? And then they're going to Kufa, they're blocked at the river, they're surrounded by the army, um, and they said that basically, we're going to kill all of you guys and we're not going to give you any I, water. I, um, right. I, I under, I, I've heard that point of view, but I don't think so because Muhammad, there was a story about Muhammad talking to Hassan or Hussein and he told them about the death and then they all knew about it. They all kind of knew what was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. they didn't know how, but they all knew. That's why people, you know, there was a story where Hussein turns off the light and is like, "If you want to leave, they leave, because yes. whatever's going to happen next." And they don't leave. So I feel like, and some of them left actually. Yeah. Some of them stayed, and like, so they knew it was going that way. So I don't see that there was much right. surprise there. But so, so they, they also knew that they were before going to then. Yeah. Like they kind yeah. of knew that. Like yeah. that, this is oh. uh, what see what what's uh, illogical to me about it isn't isn't that as much. I mean that I can imagine in in a, in a situation of war. But what to to me seems strange is that it's such a tragedy when this is they say that you know God showed Hussein heaven, so he knew that he was going to be in paradise. Basically, right when he died, right when his entire family died, they would go from like a shitty, really hot world where they didn't have water to an eternity of bliss. So when you have that kind of transition, okay. death isn't death. I want to defend Zahra's position. By the way, Zahra is Muhammad's daughter. I don't. <laughs> yes. Is Muhammad's yes. oh. daughter's name, by the way. So. Yeah, and Ali is Muhammad's son-in-law's name. Oh, so yeah, we're we, all, have, we have the whole so Ali, bad. We have the whole Ahlul Bayt here. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Would you like? You would you like to change your name to Hussein? Just saying. Okay. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I'll be the same for this. Obama's middle name is the same. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but but to 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 defend Zara's position, like okay, so 
they didn't, they were, they thought that they're going to have a lot more people because everybody in Kufa said like, yes, they sent Hossein so many letters telling him that if you just come to Kufa, we will join your army and we will fight Yazid. And then when he got there, none of them joined. So people were like, well, it's not his fault. They didn't join. Yeah, but they had a chance to retreat, right? And the thing is that Hossein gave them the chance, like anybody that we got, Hossein said, we are going to die. But if you want to stay, leave, leave. And the 72 of them decided to stay. But here's the part of the story that is not in the details, right? There were 72 men that decided to stay, right? Did they ask all the women and the ch like, was this decision made for the women and the children? Well, wasn't it well? all of them? I thought no, it was no, all no, of them. No, 72, yeah, I thought men. it was all of them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, really? I, it was, it was I thought it was including well, them. Well, the babies, okay. It, I think it was 72 fighting men, fighting men, right? But, and I think that, yeah, you don't count women. Women don't count in Islam. But, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, listen, what about the 72? 72, 72 uh, okay, that's a really Where did you, yeah, 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 you know, maybe like it. And, and also uh, the children, like, you don't get to make a decision like that for children if you know everybody's going to fucking die. Like, I don't from, know. You're right. There were 72 from what martyrs. Understand, 72 yes. what I understand, they did. They did leave uh, their, his sick daughter, one of his sick daughter, who's also named Fatima, at her, uh, um, like, back uh, before they even went for Kufa. Um, and they took some of them uh, because they wanted to go, apparently. But, like, who would say no? Like, my dad's going to die. I will join him anyway because he's doing it for the right thing. I mean, why would I just want to be here? You know, it's that emotional blackmail that we face right now in this day and age as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. but oh, Zainal so, Abedin was also there. The fourth, you know, but he was six and he was a kid, so they didn't kill him, right? He couldn't fight. But why weren't the women allowed to fight? Like, it's funny because when they, when I talk about Aisha getting married and just going a bit on a tangent, getting married at six, people are also like, oh, but like she was a warrior and she fought soon after she got married. I'm not she, sure about that. I don't know. she didn't fight. She was just on a red camel telling people what to do. She wasn't like holding a sword or anything like that. Yeah, but like, then why were the women allowed? Like, when did when did we start repressing women's rights? Has it always been that way, or has it oh been my, happening since, over time and continuing? Well, no, it was a right, right. It was right from the beginning. It was this is pre. This is Arabia in the seventh century. I mean, <laughs> Islam or not? There of course, was, you're not going to have women. No, right? no, was, but, Ali, yeah, but people said, but during my got worse and. But during sorry, Muhammad, go ahead, go on. Oh, sorry, you go on. Sorry, go on. No, I'm I'm good. Uh, no, I'm okay, just saying I'm during good. Muhammad, women used to fight. Uh, but after Muhammad, they stopped fighting for some reason. I think it was Omar. Yeah, so that's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it just progressively got worse and worse. Like women's rights, like dissolved. Uh, basically, it just it was inexistent. Or. You know how people still go like, no, but women have more rights. And I'm like, no, I'm a women rights activist. And every Muslim that says that women have more rights in Islam or even have rights in Islam, right. I think they're just delusional. And like, it's, it's also Linda Sarsour who fights for like, you know, it's interesting. I'm not going to get into it, but feminism and Islam are just two things that can't go along. And it's sad to see that a lot of women still support that. Like they're like no, of course they can. They just have a spin to everything. The one, the one thing that I have been focusing on the past uh, month was putting up posts showing that women are oppressed in Islam. If you, if that's not your reality, some people live by it. There's some people who are not allowed to 
their houses without men. There's some people who have to cover themselves. There's some people who are being like in, I think it's Albania where, you know, um, one, the culture, but Islam also allows it where you can hate your wives. Right. Um, and whenever I put that thing out there, people are like, no, like, how can you hit somebody that would hurt? with something as a feather and i'm like but why would you even have it exist right right yeah a feather isn't really hitting that it's gonna life. tick yeah it's, um, it's, that's why i say the verse is actually saying tickle your wife not hit your wife yeah because they always bring so the feather I, or the toothbrush thing but here's the thing um i okay but i don't i don't want to so whenever people talk about islam and woman it's just i think it is uh islam is so obviously anti-woman that i i feel weird to even have to argue that position i wouldn't say it's anti-women it is it definitely is. for women as slaves well, that makes like, it anti-women like, i don't women but like who's who, who are you going to have sex with and procreate with well so, you know well being for women i mean i would say that being that, is, that, for, is, that is that is our purpose in islam you know that's the women's purpose really well, that's anti-woman by definition that sounds pretty anti-woman. anyway yeah okay i think but, she's being facetious <laughs> but Ar- armin but let, i just wanted to for both of you guys i wanted to read out something from the natural balaga so the natural balaga is a very <laughs> sacred book uh that is uh supposedly a a collection of um second all only of to the, the quran for shias yeah, yeah. So it is a collection of uh, all of Ali's sermons. So Ali is the fourth caliph for Sunni Islam. He's the first Imam for Shia Islam, the Prophet's son-in-law, and uh, uh, his his cousin. And he said this after the Battle of Jamal um, concerning women and their shortcomings. This is Sermon eighty. O people, women are deficient in faith, deficient in shares, and deficient in intelligence. Holy As shit! Ali the, said that. You don't know this? Are no, I don't. Ali is I'm reading I'm reading out Sermon 80 from Najul Balaga, part know. one, the sermon. Interesting. I did after not know the Battle that. Of Jamal. So I just hear me out. I'll read okay. the whole thing. It's not that long. Uh, oh, women. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, not oh, women. Oh, people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already reading it wrong. Okay. Women are deficient in faith, deficient in shares, and deficient in intelligence. As regards the deficiency in their faith, it is their abstention from prayers and fasting during their menstrual period. As regards deficiency in their intelligence, it is because the evidence of two women is equal to that of one man. As for the deficiency of their shares, that is because of their share and inheritance being half of men. So beware the evils of women. Be on your guard, even from those of them who are reportedly good. Do not obey them, even in good things, so that they may not attract you to evils. So that's uh that's Ali. Holy I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump in. This is this is this is my favorite part. Um I know this is a bit uh, tangent away from Shiaism, but um so it's funny how I posted this up as facts. I'm like, this is what the Quran says about inheritance. It exists, it happens. This yeah. is what they say about women as witnesses. And it was so surprising to me that, you know, a friend of mine, it gone to university i thought she was independent and everything she's married to pakistani um and now she's like yeah the same thing what you said you know like she had justifications for it like you know that men are the head of the family and they're you know it's their responsibility to provide for the family and i'm like what century are you in like in terms of income I've always wanted to earn I want a house husband but I've always wanted to earn more than my partner like I've wanted to be the head of the house and I work really hard for that but, but you know uh, like it doesn't have to fall on the 
on the male like why it's it's a it's a partnership it's togetherness why does the man have to take more charge like why does the man have more rights and the whole thing about emotional fluctuations when making decisions at witnesses and i'm like men pms too there's a science about it that doesn't like only because you have your periods it doesn't affect your decision making yes you're moody but you know it doesn't really affect the decisions that you make mm-hmm. and, and i like the person that i am usually i'm the one who makes more decisions anyway um i'm i'm headstrong so when people tell this to me i just get surprised all around and i'm like i think how are you even yeah oh, there's uh, another cor- don't, I, don't let so- me interrupt you if i interrupt if i'm interrupting you like tell me like because tell me to no i need to finish okay yeah yeah so It gives me time to have my bites as well. Okay. So, okay. so no, but, but the thing is that the conclusion is way worse than the premise. The premise is like, well, men are responsible for bringing in money and working and women are responsible for taking care of the household stuff. And like, they, they were like, okay, I, I mean, you know, you could, you could switch around gender roles if you wanted to, but um, I guess you, you're going to make that claim. Let's, but then you're like, okay. And the conclusion is that you have, you can beat your wife. Like what? No. Like, like I think, I think focusing on the fact that they're talking about gender roles is less of a less of an issue compared to the fact that they the conclusion of what the gender roles are is that you could actually beat your wife. I think that's that's the highlight here. No? Yeah, I think um, I mean yeah, go on. I think I mean I I would say they're both equally as I mean violence is one, but to me they're both equally as important. I mean It, there are both terrible things and I understand the whole wife beating thing it's just even if it's like you know when people go like but it's they say strike her with a miswak or a feather that doesn't hurt and I'm like but <laughs> why, does, why does I'm like why does it exist in the first place yeah, why strike her like what how yeah. is it empowering like <laughs> why does this even exist why do I have to obey my husband mm. like what world do we live in mm. and I also have you know Uh, people telling me, oh, the, the marriage of Aisha at a young age, they're like, it was okay at that time. And I'm like, and you consider your prophets and your imams to be infallible. Shouldn't they have known that it would have an impact after? That people are still using his examples because you have to live by the sunnah to marry young women. Um, like, I, I'm, it's just so, it's there, so there's upsetting. A, uh, there's a pervasive thing. Yeah, there, there's a pervasive thing actually Uh, through, throughout all of this stuff, like if you even if you look at, uh, and I always give the example of uh, the Mother Mary, you know, in uh, whether the Virgin Mary, and and that's in Christianity, and she's also very, very revered in Islam. She's the only, as Armin pointed out last time, the only woman mentioned by name in the Quran. Mm. So the one woman mentioned by name in the Quran, and that is Maryam, or, or the mother the of only Jesus. Sa- the only statue that Muhammad did not break when he reached Kaaba. Right, and so this woman, the only woman mentioned in the Quran by name. What is she famous for? She's famous for mm. just being a virgin, never <laughs> being touched by men. Like the idea that she was, because <laughs> she wasn't touched by a man. That's why her birth was pure. It was immaculate. She was innocent. She was chaste as if, and she was modest as if, if she had ever been touched by a man, then she would be impure and unchaste and not innocent. It must and, have been an know, extraordinarily painful birth given that the it entire. Was- This entire thing is a <laughs> it's a fetishization. Sections then. Yeah. No, I mean these two, the biggest two religions in the world are essentially born of a fetishization of Mary's vagina because 
everything, all of her honor, everything was there. That determined whether she was worthy of anything or not. And that is the underlying mentality behind modesty culture, behind rape culture, behind even stuff like FGM that, you know, we have to, uh, you know, curb a woman's sexuality. So there are, I mean, there are these roots that are so deep that um, all of this stuff isn't surprising. I mean, you mentioned the whole, the period thing, the menstruation, the Quran, Surah 2, verse 222, it says, and they ask you about menstruation, say it is harm. So keep away from your wives during menstruation. Menstruation is a disease, according to the Quran. According to the Quran. And yeah, can, and it's yeah. and it's crazy, right? That is that is womanhood. That is science and you know biology. Where you are, if you want to have kids, if you're fit enough to have kids, you should you will be bleeding. Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy how we consider it to be impure. Like, I'm glad that I didn't have to pray. I mean, that was my best part. Um, but <laughs> fast. it was and fast. Yes, um, I never really fasted because, like, you know, I was I didn't mind not eating. I was just, I, I didn't really care. Um, but it was mostly the whole praying while not eating. Otherwise, your fast is invalid. So I never really prayed for a long time. I was forced into it. Um, mm-hmm. was mostly this emotional blackmails that came yeah. along with, but how can you fast? And I'm like, well, I'm starving. That's, isn't that good enough? Um, why do I have to be guilted into um, praying? And yeah. yeah, you're right about the whole woman thing. It's just it's it's blown out of proportion when it comes to women's rights. Like it mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Um, a lot of people still use it and undermine women, even if they go like, no, but women in my country are allowed to do this. They don't even wear hijab. I think it was one of the comments when you posted up. They don't even wear hijab, and I'm like, there's a difference between. Um, them not wearing hijab and um, choosing it, choosing to wear. Like there's, you know, a lot of people think that it's a choice, but it's actually not. Right. Um, it's always, it's it's this biases that we have where we are like, oh, but she decided to wear it on her own or she wants to wear it. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Does anybody outside Islam just decide to cover their hair <laughs> the way Muslims do and then their hands? Like, do they, is, that is called a choice. Right when you're when you're not answering to a god, thinking that hey, I'm respected because I'm listening that my god wants me to cover. It's not a choice. Then. Mm-hmm. It's never a choice. This is a question about choices overall because I think that I meet whenever I talk to reformers, a lot of the reform Muslims, uh, they keep on saying they they believe in like banning these like ban the job, ban the burqa and everything. And I always tell them, I'm like, I can't think that way. They're like, why why wouldn't you think that? It's an it's a symptom of of subjugation and of uh, self-oppression. And I was telling them, like, I'm, because I'm an atheist, I look at religion that way. I think anybody who chooses to believe in a religion would be part of the same kind of uh, thing. So we, we can't start banning that. I mean, there's so many, there's so many self-oppressive things that people do. Yeah, but like, you, you know, I was, there is a part of me that thinks that, yes, it should be banned, but at the same time, regardless of what it is, we're still taking, like, we're doing the same thing, taking away people's rights. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I, 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 I think they should come into, I, I think the best thing we can do is educate them. But once you start banning it, um, well, the niqab, what about the niqab? People want, people want, what? What about the niqab, though? Should that be banned? I I would agree that yes I would um I definitely think that I find the whole thing oppressive but I definitely think that there should be like sec- there's security things that, that there are 
times that men have used the niqab to commit terrorist acts or violent uh, violent acts, it's not unheard of. Mm. And helmets as well, right? right? So any face covering in public yeah. places. Should. I have a yeah. I I, I think oh. that because of the security thing. Like this is where I differ. I think it, it should be um, regulated, like not for kids, exactly. not in places where you require security, uh, nothing like that. But I just because I know, I actually personally know um, at least two women, uh, both of them who are white converts to Islam, who very proudly took on the burqa and they're trying to out burqa all of the burqa women too. So um, that happens with converts sometimes. But in any case, so for them, like they, they actually came from a non-Muslim position and then they became Muslims and then they took on the burqa and the guy as in they're doing it by choice. So I, you know, it's a stupid choice, but I think that freedom gives you the free, you know, freedom means the freedom to make stupid choices as well. So just so, so one thing on converts um, and that I'll relate it back to banning hijabs. Um, mm-hmm. When I was talking or understanding why there was a rise of people converting to Islam, it was after 9-11. Yeah. Um, kind of it was just it went up and i was like i didn't understand why so i read up on it and there was an interesting part where people were like but everybody is blaming muslims for it so why are they and then they started reading more about it i think it was just a rebellion phase and they started converting and some of them have converted and left like left it again but that was one thing where you know when you project more hate on it people are just going to be well one curious and I think the weaker ones are just going to go like, oh, but like maybe there's something about Islam and, you know, the hate that they're facing that we should be out there and practice it anyway. It's uh-huh. a bit, it's, it's a little stupid. Um, but that also goes to burqa ban. The more you project the ban on it, not just a, like not the niqab or anything, the more people will want to do it. Yeah. But let's go back to Shia, Shia stuff. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Muskel is saying, what the fuck is wrong with the person that wrote that? Uh, talking about Ali. By the way, did we mention to people Ali was basically the, um, fa- Hussein's father? So this was a bit before Hussein, right? And he's, I think, the second most revered person in the Shia. So I think this is a hierarchy according to Shias. The hierarchy should be Allah is more important than everything, then Muhammad, then Ali. Nobody gives a shit about Hassan. Uh, for some, and then Hussein, Fatima is also there for people that want to. Actually, the Ismailis don't even. Uh, he's not even the sequence of Ismail. Right. He's not even an Imam for but, the Ismailis. So the hierarchy, if the logical, quote unquote, logical hierarchy would be Allah, Muhammad, Ali, then Hussein, but it's the exact other way around. So Hussein is the most important figure to Shias. Then Ali, Ali ab- above Muhammad. And I know they would deny this, but it's you can't. You know, actions speak louder than words. And then Muhammad, and then lastly, Allah. So, Ali so I, I would agree. I'm going to disagree with a little bit just from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Now, my personal experience is that I, I think that Ali is really the top of everything. Like, and, and from what I've seen among the Shia community that I came up with. The, the Yali Madad thing. Yali Madad and all that. I mean, the Hussein thing takes precedence. He becomes God, essentially, during Muharram. But um, the, the rest of the year, of Hussein cannot Ali comes close, but no, no, it doesn't. But it is concentrated within this amount of time. But okay. the bigger thing overall, when it comes to everything else, how to eat and how to go to the bathroom and how to do this, is, how to do that, that all, is very, like all comes Laga, down to Ali. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That the is true. It. It's I, I think a lot of it is different places, different upbringings, right? 
but you know well we overlap a lot in like the foundations of it there are some people that will emphasize more on ali some people on hussein um <laughs> and some people on mahdi and you know that's a lot of choices it's a great J- menu it's cafeteria of okay J- james is saying ali was ali would say ali's at the top so you're biased <laughs> oh, there you go so i've so, got a name privilege but, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, I but I agree the rules uh, and stuff. Are you, are you streaming the video as well? Yeah. Huh? Are you sorry? streaming the video as well? Yeah, we're yeah, streaming, we're streaming the, video. the video. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, guys. I'm hungry as well. So it's I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 go for it. It's, it's, no, it's but, all right. It's all okay, good. But, but here's the thing. Yeah, the rules and the stuff comes from Ali, but... Hussein is Shia's Islam's Jesus. He's the person that sacrificed himself for uh, for the sins of betraying him, and he saved humanity because him. Sac- like he's so much like Jesus, and he basically defined like it was through Hussein that Shias got their identity. So with Ali, they got like okay, this is how we need to be. But with Hussein, is like we Hussein's story and martyrdom brought martyrdom to Shia Islam brought the idea that Shias are always prosecuted to Shia Islam. The sense of identity of being Shia comes from Hussein. So, but yeah, the rules... Yeah, go on, sorry. Um, I'm just going to relate it back to Muharram and Ashura um, and, you know, the 10 days that we cry and grieve and hurt ourselves and try to lead ourselves in different ways. You get you get you have teachers beating you up if you're not crying. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I'm just saying. Are, I know people in the walk look at you and you laugh, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Happiness is important to me. Yeah, there, sorry. <laughs> um, there are going to be a lot of people before you go on, Zara. There are going to be a lot of some people in the audience who are going to dispute the, some of this a little bit. And uh, so, so what we're talking about here is ethnosh Shia. Ethnosh means twelve in Arabic. So there are the people who believe in the twelve imams. Most there's Shias. another group. Yeah, there's another group uh, that actually split off after six imams. They're called the Ismailis, uh, they're divided the into... The original Shias, because yeah, Ismailis were yeah. more popular at some time than 12ers. Yeah, but go on. Right. I mean, yeah, and there's a whole assassins. Anyway, we're not going to get into that right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I want to actually discuss that with Abdullah Samir when he's on the program. Oh, yeah, because he, cool. yeah. yeah he, he was originally Ismaili, right? So, anyway... Um, yeah, yeah, I'm there, actually going to be on his podcast at some point. Yeah, 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 as well. he's, yeah he's fantastic. So, so that so the Ismailis they actually don't mourn. They don't believe in mourning any of this stuff. So nah, they they're cool people. They're kind of cool. They're chill. Yeah, they have no. music and stuff. I was oh. not allowed to listen to music. Mm-hmm. My 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 wife is actually uh, f- from an Ismaili background, and yeah. uh, we still go to some of their things, and uh, it's, it's, it's actually nice. a lot of fun. It's, it's a party, and it's, it's nice. Parties, and they're yeah. and they're a good, they're a good strong community because um, they, they they're like the they're like Jews. They always support each other. I was just gonna say they're like they're the, like the Jews. Jews. They the support each other. Like they like they, <laughs> they 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 bring people up. Like if they don't have jobs, they'll find them jobs. They're pretty cool, um, and it's like media. a community based. Yeah, and and they and it's just that they it's it's not about who you know or anything. It's like as a community, like the Jews do when you move to Israel, someone's gonna find your house, somebody's gonna find your job, and that's what I really admire about the about Judaism, like just the community. When I was in Israel working there, um, it was just really nice. Yeah, but still, still need to be called out on their bullshit, no matter how nice they are. Oh no, of course, of course. That goes without saying. Uh, But what I was saying is that there is a difference. had a cooler Islamic upbringing than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that is the, uh, but that is one of the groups that is actually different that don't believe in the morning and they're also Shia, but for them, Ali is at the top. Like yes, way, yeah. Ali is... Have you guys heard this? Ali is the essence of God. Have you guys heard that? I have. I okay. have heard that, yeah. 
I mean, the reason I married yeah, my wife then, is because I love the way she said Ali, Ali, Ali all the time. So, like, especially, especially when they say Mola Ali. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, my yeah, yeah. my mind just went somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just to help with that imagery, you should tell you should tell her that when you're having sex, to so just yell "Yo, Ali, I, Yo, Ali." Yeah. What, how is this going? <laughs> How's this going, <laughs> guys? Abort. You brought it up. You brought I it up. <laughs> brought it up. Another pun? Like seriously? Okay, guys. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to. Not saying that. Okay, guys. Maybe, maybe, so maybe yeah, step up. <laughs> oh, <I'm sick. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, anyway. So it's okay. When when she was here, when she she was on this podcast, she start started with it immediately. That's exactly what she started talking about. So, <laughs> anyway, guys. Um, so uh, yeah, so is there a tell us? So you're from the uh, the Koja Ethnoshiri community, right? Yeah. So and I, okay, so tell I'm us about that. First, I'm the first one. Well, before we get into it, I'm the first one speaking out, let alone being a woman. Um, and a lot of people have reached out, and I thought this was important to do this podcast because one, not a lot of people are speaking out. There are so many ex-Muslims. I know them, but I can't out them because in, in the in the Koja community. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, um, I wouldn't like there, and there are more people in denial. There are more people who are apologists. There are more people who try to preach Islam as a peaceful thing or have cover-ups and sugarcoating like every other Muslim. But um, so I'll tell you a bit more about the community. So we're brown people from in Africa. Like uh, we're South Indians. Uh, sorry, South Asians. Um, so Indians, Pakistanis. So these are this is they moved in the 1700s, late 1700s, early 1800s. My my mom's Kenyan, my dad's Tanzanian. Um, my mom has some Persian roots, like ages ago. Um, and my dad has some Arabian roots, so my dad's a little darker. Um, and yeah, we're all we're all this. Uh, so we're spread out from. You know that it started off in like the East African community in Tanzania. Uh, that's where we have the biggest community, and then people started spreading out to Dubai, and then they went to the U.S. and Canada and um, London, and very few people on different parts of Europe. Um, and now in Australia, they have a community as well, but they're kind of intertwined with the Hyderabadi, so they're not Koja Shia, but it's still like a Shia mosque. But there are a few Kojas in Australia as well. I haven't been to the mosque in Sydney, but I did go to the mosque in Melbourne. Um, and so how, how did they end up they, in Africa? One, it's very, uh, trade. So they were merchants, um, and they moved to Africa. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay. So they didn't move as like slaves, like, yeah. you know, Islam would like them to, but yeah. So, a tight so that's how community. they moved. Um, and basically a very tight knit community indeed. Um and I'm out because well one a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you're you're getting a little choppy. It's getting choppy. Okay. Choppy, choppy. Mm, Hold on. Let's see if we can choppy, choppy. All, right, all right, am I back now? A little you bit. Are... A little bit chop choppy. Okay, now good. I think it's good. Yeah, good. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, yeah. Perfect. All right, I'm here. So yeah, I, I came out to speak publicly because one, a lot of, I'm, I'm not just a nobody in Tanzania. A lot of people know my family. Uh, my dad works for the community board um, 
and he's also a chef so he cooks for when we have muharram and like food and stuff and a lot of people in my last name is quite unique so a lot of people know my family from everywhere around um my dad is also one of 13 so that oh. helps <laughs> um that helps when they all started spreading around it just got so yeah i had to i had to stop talking to them because the way the community is that your life revolves around this community and the ostracism is so bad that if you come out of it or if you stop wearing hijab it spreads around and everybody talks about you you're like the center of attention i receive so much hate for anything that i do um for even like standing up for it for like even having my personal choice as being an atheist they're like but how could you do this to your parents but you're a bad example to community and um some people have also called me disgusting and just a lot of hate so i wake up with hate every single day and i've just learned to go okay well that means i'm doing something good if you're hating me that means i've thought i've put something in your mind that will probably grow later it's just planting a seed um the one part about community is um like you know the gossip there and there's just less like i think in pakistan women are more empowered than they are in tanzania so the way i was raised um i was raised in a very liberal household in a sense that i was allowed to study overseas um i i was the first one who did a degree in my family like in my immediate family so you know i went overseas i studied and i like never coming back but um you know my my dad said what a man can do a woman can do better so i was raised to like that so my family is quite chill but they also wear hijabs so i i wore hijab until 2011 and i started taking it off by 2010 and i moved out from tanzania in 2009 yeah 2009 so i started taking it slowly off and it would get got looser and i went to iraq in 2013 and i wasn't wearing a hijab then but i had to wear it in iraq for the mosques um but you know i had a piercing and i was wearing hijab and when i went to iran as well people are like it's haram and i'm like no it's not you have ear piercings <laughs> yeah that was in iran in qum yeah i was in qum oh you went to qum and uh, i went to like mashhad i went to qum i went to kish um I travel a lot. I've been to 41 so you, you, you did the you did the Ziara, right? Did you do the Ziara? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Mashhad yeah. is in Iran which Imam Reza the eighth Imam of the this the eighth Imam of uh, Shia Islam is in uh, Iran which is yeah. which they really love because most uh, Iran is the cent- Shia center, right? And most of their favorite Imam managed to die outside the, the the current borders. So the one, the only one that they have inside their current borders, they very, they celebrate a lot, which is Imam Reza yeah. Mashhad. And that's my, my name. My last name comes from uh, uh, Imam Reza, so I'm supposedly a descendant, but who knows? Wow, I don't even know. You know, you're covering all them. I think I, in in a in a way we all are. There was just one person that was born, so you know. Yeah, that's, like that's, even Queen Elizabeth was a descendant of Muhammad. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth uh, is a documented are. descendant. Yeah, I know. Is that really a thing? Fine. Like, are you being sarcastic or real? No, no, I'm not being sarcastic. This is actually But something. Why? Huh? No, no, no. <laughs> she was. Uh, there was a uh, the daughter of I. I can't remember the exact connection, but I'll, I'll look it up for you. But there was a uh, in her ancestry, she was married to one of the queens. Uh, one of her great 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 grandmothers, this female sort of ancestors, uh, was a queen who left a. Uh, 
uh, one of the the descendants of Muhammad, the early right. descendants of Muhammad from I think from Spain or something like that. I'll look up the thing. Keep going. I'll look it up and I'll yeah. mention because I don't. I think okay. people are going to want to know okay. this. Even Richard Dawkins so, has talked about it. By the way, yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I do love Richard Dawkins. He's going yeah. to be. He's he's the one person I want to take on a dinner date. You know, though, who would you like to go on a dinner with, dead or alive? Richard Dawkins is on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so the community is, yes, definitely tight knit, and um, it's really hard to just come out of it. Um, it was, it's, tra- it was traumatic for me. I had to be. Mine was a gradual change. So from the age of twelve, I stopped praying. I tried going back to it. I tried studying more about it, um, and it just, it wasn't coming back. Like I, I was never that spiritual to God. I, I again, you know. You were right about saying that Ali and Hussein meant more. And I'm like, yeah, I still did Ashura because I was like, it was just something I wasn't ready to let go until mm. two, three years, three years ago. Yeah. So, you know, it was a gradual change And people. Yesterday, I got a message saying, are you posting up things about Islam uh, because you want your citizenship? And I'm like, I'm already an Australian citizen. <laughs> I knew <laughs> a citizen. I know. I knew I was going to be a citizen nine years ago because I, I work. I work as an engineer, and they need me. How does that work? You um, say shit about Islam, and they hand you a citizenship. Like, is that what that's they think? the that's so? I'm that's the audience that I deal with every day, and okay. yeah, that's that's the audience I deal with. They're like, oh, you want attention, and that's that's the people. Like, it's it's very high school mentality, and it's childish. Right. Um, and you know, people, people, very few people have even come up and like put up debates or anything. Um, they're also controversial things that they say, like, you know, that it was okay in that time. So I'm like, you're right. That what you're implying now is that it is not okay. That means Islam then what was practiced should not be like, should not be practiced the way it is now. Right. Like you shouldn't be killing people. And, um, I mean, I have a question because this came up on my um, Instagram today. If you're an atheist in Iran and you're public, like, you know, if you just go like, I'm an atheist, do you get killed for it? Oh, or yeah, of course. Or jailed? If, if you're public okay. about it, yes, for sure. If you're public okay. about it or so, if you get outed by somebody. But just to give you an example, I, there was a teacher in Iran, which he told yeah. his class that he thinks that the story... Uh, where Prophet Yunus was swallowed by a fish. I think it's a fish in Islam. Yeah. It's a whale in Christianity. No, no, yeah. no. It's a fish in both. No, okay. It's a fish in both. People, I don't know where they came up with whales. I didn't even know okay. what whales were back then. So, okay. So, yeah. he said to his... He said, he said to his... He, he, basically told his he basically told his class that he thinks that's a metaphor. And guess what happened? He got executed. What? Yeah. Really? This is in Iran. Oh, oh yeah, I read about this guy. What was his name? No, no, I actually no, in Iran, they don't behead you. They they hang you, which is weird because they're supposed to behead you according to Islam. <coughs> yeah, no. That's oh, they're cool. trying to be more humane. No, actually, the thing is that I've seen the I've seen the videos. They they, um, they don't break your neck. They do it in the uh-huh. way that you actually suffocate throughout the whole process. Like they just put it around your neck and they start the rope starts to go up. So the humane way is to drop somebody and the neck, well, the humane, quote unquote, the humane would not be, to, the humane thing would be not to kill people. But the, I know, right? yeah, I was, I was but being the, sarcastic. 
Yeah, but the but the semi the less evil version would be to just drop somebody until when the rope breaks their neck and they just die immediately. But they don't do that. Yeah. They put the rope around your neck and the the crane I thing. Give them a crane. Yeah, the crane will slowly lift you up and you feel like it's a slow process it's really bad actually a beheading would be better i think less painful sometimes yeah yeah speaking of beheading um i found the i just wanted to catch up catch the audience up on the descendancy of queen elizabeth of since you know it's old old no that's boring let's move on wait 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 wait. (laughs) how did speaking of beheading come to that Oh, because, you know, old England, Game of Thrones, old Islam, like they were all based on beheading. You know. I watch Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, you should. It's Blasphemy. Like pretty... So I, I just wanted, I'll say this really quick for the audience. So there's a guy, Al-Mutamid ibn Abad. He was a king of Seville in Spain around the 11th century. And he had a daughter named Zaida who eventually went off and married uh, the um, one of the guys in, in Castile, Named Sancha, uh, uh, Sancha Alphonsus, and she changed her name to Isabella. So she was actually a descendant, a direct descendant of Muhammad um, from back then, from just about 300 years prior. And then uh, that came all the way down. And by the 14th century, um, her descendant, uh, Isabella Perez of Castile, had married uh, the Earl of Cambridge. And then Queen Elizabeth was descended from that. So she is actually, there's a full uh, family tree. In, and she's descended forty-three usually, generations. Anyways, listen. Usually, Muhammad. I would say. Usually, yeah. I would say interesting, but that was boring. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna. You guys are gonna listen to this years from now, and you'll be no. like, "What was? What was he saying?" Remember what? that thing that Ali said? <laughs> oh, otherwise, or you're just gonna Google it. <laughs> also, I really like that uh, Audrey Hepburn painting. That's actually not. That's a photograph that my. Photo. Wife, I'm in my wife's photography studio, so what you see is, uh, well, not her studio, but this is one of the rooms where she meets clients. So over you see a picture of a woman with the red hair. She's an ex-Muslim woman with the henna on her back, um, and then the Audrey Hepburn is actually a young girl. All right, all right, all right, let's created. I, I want to get back to topic. You know, Zahra, regarding sorry, the I'm... question, regarding your question, <laughs> uh, people from Iran might tell you that. Oh, I'm gay in Iran and uh, nothing is going to happen to me, right? Or I'm an atheist to Iran and nothing is going to happen to me. And to them is like, well, try being open about it. I mean, don't try being open about it, actually. Or, yeah, that's the main difference being like, okay, yeah, you can be secretly gay and you could be secretly atheist. And if you're cl- careful enough, I was, I was an atheist when I was in Iran and I was stupid enough yeah. to tell my classmates and even tell my teacher at some point. And I even told the police officers. But if I kept on, if I, if, if I didn't, if, I mean, if I kept on doing that for a long time, eventually I would have been telling some, I was an idiot, basically. Uh, but at some point, uh, if I kept doing what I did, I'm, you know, I would have gotten in trouble. Like I got, here's, let me just give you a kip quick story i promise it's going to be more interesting than what ali said um but, <laughs> but so i was i was arrested one time uh for being in a car with a girl right they asked me if she's your sister and i said no she's not they asked me if she's your cousin i said no they asked me if you're related i said no like okay then you're fucking arrested and you're following us so they made me follow them 
and I went to took me to the police station and the guy in the police station was kept on like lecturing me about how bad of a Muslim I am, how I need to be a better Muslim, blah, blah, blah. And I was like a, you know, young rebellious person at that time. And I was like, I got so tired of him lecturing me. And I was like, listen, your rules don't apply to me. I'm not even a fuck. I'm not even a Muslim. And he was like, what? I was like, I'm not Muslim. And like, I, 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 I quit Islam. So whatever you're saying doesn't apply to me. And he all of a sudden went from being an asshole to actually being a decent human being because he got really nervous for me. And he was like, listen to me, little shit. I could destroy your life right now with my pen, right? Don't you ever say that to anybody ever again, right? Like he got really, <laughs> like he got really concerned. Like he was, he was, he, he was an asshole, but he wasn't that big, that big of an asshole. Like when my mom came to <coughs> bail me out, he went to, m- took my mom to the office and sh- he told her, I'm not going to repeat what your son told me, but you go home and you talk to him and you tell him that you should never say that ever to anybody again. Or like your, your son is like crazy. And my mom, like when, when she came to pick me up, when I got to her car, she was like, what the hell did you tell him? Like, I like, just go home, just go home. Like, but, but he scared, I think that guy might have saved my life because he really scared me. And I basically became a little bit more private about my views after that. So, so that's the, that's Until the, now. yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, environment. Interesting. yeah, the same way. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to talking about the Koja because I feel like it will enlighten a lot of your users and you guys as well. So, um, oh yeah. The, it's a it's a tight knit community, and yes, we have a president in each each country, somebody that kind of takes the leadership, makes decisions, and we have a board of members. And recently, they had their elections, and guess what? No woman was allowed to stand up for it because the president has to be a guy. But not even that. It gets interesting. The women weren't allowed to vote. They've never been allowed to vote. Oh, wow. It is. It is. It is crazy. So wait, let me reiterate. Men, so there's a president of like a, a sort of of the religious community, yeah. in Sort of for different chapters in different countries, and this mm-hmm. and this president always has to be a man. Um, and the people Women who vote, vote for him for, have to be men as well. Wait, they always we have didn't to be have this. What well. the hell is this? Is this like a sect within the Shia? Like you're twelve or yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. But you're twelve or Shia too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how is this? And then like, we have a people section. It was formed in, is, for a community purpose, groups, and whatnot. Did you guys have Marja at Taklid? Oh, you didn't have Marja. Marja. You don't well, have. Oh, that's a very. No, 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 they have it. Oh wow! You yeah, yeah. Okay, so how is it? Yeah, no, no, no. Our, our, they're complete. She is the only thing is that they have a thing of community too. It's like a whole bunch of it's like a whole bunch of Shias who uh, come from hail back to the Indian subcontinent. I mean, Koja, they're essentially converted people from the Indian subcontinent, right? And then they it, they converted to Islam, and then they formed communities around it that are kind of independent of the religion, but influenced by the religion. Is that is that and, accurate? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, that is very accurate. Thanks for that. Um, okay. Um, yeah, and the thing with the community and being raised in Tanzania is, well, one, critical thinking just does, doesn't apply in religion. It's just a thing that you have and you block it. You can be a scientist and critical think about everything else. When it comes to religion, you're like, you start giving yourself excuses for it. Mm-hmm. And with the culture community, it's... Um, it's, it gets so petty, and I think, I mean, you've also had those threats, and Ali, maybe you too, I haven't stopped you enough. Um, but you just have 
people who go very emotionally abusive and they would go to your family, not attacking, but they'll tell them off. And that's why I had to cut contact with my family because, you know, they're, they're always like, why do you have to go public? Why do you, why can't you just be an atheist and just say what you do? But like, why do you have to? And I'm like, no, I need to expose what's happening within the community because it's not right. Like people say that they're peaceful, but they're nothing but peaceful. They're not accepting. They don't like being challenged. They're not, I mean, I've met more, I've met more Muslims who would like to not, not debate, but would like to even get in a discussion as compared to the Koja community. They just don't, they, they would rather attack me. Uh, but the big thing that happened um, last year, July was a gay wedding that happened in Vancouver. And that was my oh. public out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A gay wedding that happened in Vancouver with uh, somebody from my community who was who's Canadian, born there, but his parents are from Tanzania, or I think Tanzania, yeah. Um, and that wedding happened, um, and he married a non-Muslim, um, and they're, they're, sec- they're not secular, but like they're more liberal Muslims, um, the family. Um, and everybody, so when they found out about the wedding, People just went crazy about it. They were like, this is disgusting. How could you do this? How could the parents support them? You shouldn't have accepted them. And I actually just, I was actually just looking at my phone because there were letters. These were letters sent out from the community to like their community or like a public letter, but it wasn't public, like online public. It was public, like within the community. So nobody else spoke about it. And I can't, when I found out about it and when a friend, when a next Muslim coach, a friend of mine sent it to me, I'm not, I'm not staying quiet because I want, I have, I don't have a lot to lose if I come out like, you know, um, I, I'm independent. So in terms of like coming out, I don't really care. So we started writing an article about it and I was the first one who posted it and I got in three days, it got 600 comments. Um, and this was just a public article because everybody started tagging each other. Like I, that was my first thing and I, and people disgusting things some people from australia like one of the presidents from the melbourne um uh the melbourne community went like we commit we all commit sins but we do it in private and it's at least hidden under the rug and stuff like that and i'm like did you watch them have sex like it's did you watch them do it but they're like the wedding was public and i'm like you have weddings it's still their private life right like you guys have weddings and i am great out the letter a bit of it um they're like gay marriages within the community that is the uh title and then they're like referring to the subject above further to social media and news information circulation it is believed that one of the co- one of our co- members from canada has solemnized a gay marriage gay in capital oh wow um Wait, given the, shari- referring given the sharia pa- no, 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 no. This is the marriage that happened in this vancouver is, this is, yeah the marriage that happened in vancouver and um by social media, it was not even public. I made it public. Right. I did make it public. Um, I defended them because I was like, this is not right. And at that point, I was more vouching for a progressive. I was more out as a progressive Muslim versus an atheist because I was like, look, it's not beyond you guys to not be nosy in people's business. Because what they also did, they went through their Instagram, which was public, and they exploited it downloaded photo and they exploited it and they sent it. it was disgusting they sent it to whatsapp groups people talked about it i had a dispute with my cousins over it and i came out of the, that group and i'm like you can't do this this is not right um it's none of you like they were just exploited left right and center and it was it was and 
it went all around Canada, London, like, that's what I'm saying. It circulates, gossip circulates so fast. And this was a letter they wrote, right? Given the Sharia perspective, this is totally wrong. And this may be the first official gay marriage solemnized around the Koja world. If this is true, the Koja Shia Nashi Jamaat of Dar es Salaam uh, condemns this disgusting act to its fullest, denounces and discourages such moves in the future within the Koja world, um, proposes that the parents, so the parents, and the concerned individual should immediately, easily or forcefully vacate the leadership position. So the mother was in um, one of the leadership positions they're punishing in the Canada in the community. Of, they're punishing the mother because yeah. of what the children did? What the yeah, because they're like, they're, they're, like, they're like, how could you be in that marriage? How could you support it and not? Why would you be happy for him? Um, and, you know, and then... And, and they'll have further elections. Um, suggest that the membership of the concerned individual should immediately be revoked by the constitution of Jamaat, which he's a member of. So this is them ostracizing, right? This is them publicly taking, like, I'm pretty sure I'm ostracized as well. I, I don't even know. I haven't gone back home and I'm not going to go to the mosque. But um, it'll be interesting if uh, um, they ostracize my family because my dad is very popular, very religious, and it would just be very stupid. But I wouldn't hold it against them to go there. Would it like, be safe I really for wouldn't. You to go back? Would it be safe for you to go back? Uh, Tanzania, Tanzania is is not a theocratic country, so in terms of security and stuff, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like people still hate me, and I mm-hmm. have no interest in going back. Not by the government, but what so, about the no, people? They'll talk about me, but why would somebody want to kill me? Because Islam is peaceful. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, what are um, you talking about? <laughs> so, Sarah, are your your parents? Uh, how many siblings do you have? Do you have? Or? I'm one of six. So I'm one of six. Um, they all live in Tanzania. One of them lives in Pakistan, and one of them lives in London. Right. So, um, are, are you? Go, uh, can you please not go back ever, please? I'm never gonna go back. <laughs> okay, good. No, so, no, I, I, so I think go on. Go on. Oh no, no, no. I, I was just gonna. I just wanted to get some more um, idea of your your family structure and everything. So, out of your six siblings, or you're one of six, you're your five siblings, and your parents are all of the rest of them still religious? Are you in touch with any of them? Are any of them supportive? So I, I no. So no, I, I I stopped contact as much as they would like to stay in touch. It just came with a lot of emotional blackmail. Um, I tried getting back in touch with my sister just on Monday and she's like, why are you doing this? People have been telling us off and stuff. And it was just like, I'm not a disappointment. It's like, I really not. Apart from my atheism thing, I am very proud of what I've achieved in my career. Like I talk, to, I, I talk at panels um, on engineering um, and you sh- out of all the things you should be proud about it. But he, she's no, like, you're, oh, you're successful been- women in STEM. Right. Yeah, I am, yeah. and I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy about it. And um, out of all, you know, out of all the things, that is something that you should respect. And I know I have difference in opinions, and I have to, like, I am going to go public because you don't. These things shouldn't be kept quiet. And if they're my beliefs, I'm allowed to say what I want to say. Um, and I'm like, it's just, and I think I want to be a model for other women who want to come out. Which also introduces my new nonprofit that's coming up soon. It's called Faithless Hijabi. Oh yeah, um, nice. I was just 
Yes, yes. I'm really excited. So this is great. And guys, once it's out, you need to follow me on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So the idea, I'm just going to introduce Faithless Ajabi a little and that will relate back to my story is opening a platform of educating Muslim women about ex-Muslim women, the ostracism, the abuse we face in religion, the sexism, um, and the abuse we face after it, but also another, like it'll be every layer, like every Instagram post layer. And then the other layer will be, um, so like, you know, making the women, and I know most of us feel very liberated and thankful that we're not in religion, but also showing them that, Hey, we're happy. We're not lost. Right. right it's empowering See, that's for us actually that's the best kind of activism because i think like a lot of um a lot of this ex-muslim activism which is very good we have done a good job and so far i mean by we i mean other people like you ex-muslims of north america ex-muslims of great britain norway done a very good job in building the community then the first, the next step was to reach out and see other, find other ex-Muslims and let them know that we exist. That we, yeah. that you, you guys have done a very good job on that as well. The third step, I think, as some ex-Muslims disagree, but I think the third step is now to go and reach out to Muslims, right? To either, to the skeptical ones, but not just to change them to, you know, it's, a, it's, I think it's a good idea to try to convince some of them that their ideas are bullshit, you know, in, right? But other than, but even, even short of that, just to get them become accepting of ex-Muslims, introducing exactly. to the ex-Muslims, yeah. that's huge. I, that, I think that's the third. That third. is, that is, that is definitely the point that we're trying to hit because I don't want other women to face what I, what I face. And if I can stop it, I stop it. So that's the other great. thing I do outside of that is I, on Instagram, people write to me well one disgusting messages but I've also had people that I'm helping coach with mental health because right. I went through a lot of anxiety and it's not mental health is not like you know considered or even a thing in Tanzania so and the thing is that people will usually give like wrong advices they're like why don't you start praying or you know if they're having issues with their relationships they're like maybe you should just like put him to you know like they just look at things very narrowly like I don't it's 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 just something that I've never been a part of. Right. And I would say I'm mostly Australian than I am anything else because I've grown up in this society that is accepting secular. There is critical thinking like all around. Taught, like they're taught that from school. But when I went to university, it was just a thing. You, you open communication with people that you don't agree with. And right. in Tanzania, it's not like that. So, so, um, it, so if, and you don't yeah. go Sorry, sorry. So if you're if you're if you're a Muslim and you you don't think that you're ever going to change your mind, but you want to understand ex-Muslims and you think that it's it's a humane thing to do to reach out to Muslims and show them that you know it's you you're supportive of them whether you disagree with them or not. Uh, go find find. What's your yeah. Instagram, what's your Instagram again? Can you repeat that? How did faithless. You it's faithless hijabi. Faithless so, hijabi. Okay. Faithless H I J A. BI. Okay. I haven't posted anything yet. It's a coming soon hashtag. I'm just working on the logo. Okay. Um, so yeah, looks, we're, we're yeah. trying. Once when uh, once it's ready, let us know and we'll like you yeah, know yeah, promote absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's also it's going. To, so the one thing that we're also trying to do is make it a Sydney-based group and maybe even just have people who would like to promote that in other places. 
this right. right so we'll start off with sydney well we'll start off with sydney like a one-on-one interaction where we employ ambassadors such as myself talking to girls who are in doubt and well it's not going to be my job to convert them but it's going to be a responsibility for me to tell them about my story and if they can because I came out when I read Ali's book and the first time I read it, I was like, this guy is shit. Like, I cannot read this. I can shut it off. <laughs> and I was like, but why? Like, I was like, Wait, but you're why? Talking about, are you talking about the Nacho Balama? Yeah. No, no, your book. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> I am on top. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, knew guys. you knew that, Ali. You just, you uh, wanted no. to. Oh, uh, <laughs> look at you. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> so, so, no, so yeah, the first it. time you hated me. No, the the first time I was just like this guy. Well, I didn't hate you, but it was like this guy is spot on. I can relate to it, but he's so offensive. And then I shut it, and then I read it again after a few days, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but like, like you you know, when you're when you're still in (laughs) denial, you're like, I can relate to this. And then I read it again, and I questioned it. I questioned. I kept going, and that's when I was like, shit. I am not a Muslim anymore. Yay. Like I was just because I, so I was Ali, Ali is the reason why you're ex-Muslim. Uh, Ali is I'm one not, of the I re- would, reasons. Yes. <laughs> I, I would. I would say that I. I it's so ironic. It's, that you know you, what it is? Is it's, it's so there, ironic a lot that you were people. let out of Shia Islam by someone called Ali. No, no, but you can well, see. There you go. <laughs> this is how it happened. Allah Ali. <laughs> no, but 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 uh, is there a, a lot of this is really about. Uh, and, and this is what it's what I hear a lot is that there are probably going to be people who are going to be listening to you speak here who are in the culture community, who are girls who are going to listen to you and they'll be like, okay, this makes sense to me. I've thought of this and it'll annoy them for a little yeah, bit. I have then- had, I have had about nine. I think, yeah. I think we're just breaking off. Sorry. Um, no, 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 you're absolutely right. So since I. Oh, oh I think we lost you. We'll just wait for a second. I'm like, I'm not anti-Islam. Can, can, I'm can, highlighting can you repeat sex. that again? Can you, you repeat that? You got cut off. Okay, cool. I'm back. Am I back? Yes. Yeah. Hi, guys. Okay. Um, no, so like I have, um, yeah, you're right. Um, I think Ali is not the reason that I came out. I don't, I don't think it's Ayan or Sam Harris. Like these were people that helped me, mm. you know, come out, but it was always a thought that had strike. Like, you know, it you can't actually change somebody's mind like that, but what you can do is educate them more, right. give them support. When people can relate to you, um, they can then come out. And some of my posts, what I was doing, I was doing a social experiment on Instagram was I put up facts, that, very extreme facts, because Islam can be I'm liberal to I'm accepting to apostates should be killed right so like a big spectrum and i put up very extreme facts and i'm like this is people's reality what you're facing you're you do not represent the whole of islam right Mm. um and islam does not equal to muslims Uh, um however the book so islam for me will be the book like it's a religion but it's based on the books and the imams and the you know, the prophets and everything, but people follow it differently. They cherry pick and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But then when I, why am I not allowed to cherry pick all the violent verses and go like, this is somebody's reality. And for you to deny it is to say that this does not exist. And I'm like, no, people live by this, you know? And Mm. when you start defending this, you're saying it's okay that they do. And I am not going to stand for that. So I'm going to fight that. And that's where Faithless Hijabi comes in, where we're like, we're going to show the truth there, how much ostracism we face, how much um, hate we face. I wake up with people calling me 
different things. Um, and it was very new to me when I came out. And that's why a lot of people won't come out. I just got in touch with what four or other you? five. What did they call you? So they'll go like, oh, you just want attention or your money greeted. Because they think I make money off like my activism. And I'm like, no, I, I, get, I get five hours of sleep. Hey. With my we're all funded job. by we're funded by the CIA. We're funded by Mossad. I, uh, People think yeah, we're making, making it. In. <laughs> I I know. I'm like I, I wish that was the case um, because I spend a lot of time. I put a lot of passion into like even my replies, right? Because some of sometimes I can get petty and just you, play their game. But then go do, on. Do you get this? Do you, do they tell you that uh, I get this from Sunnis a lot that you're you're not an ex-Muslim because you were you're Shia. Next, yeah. so, no, you, because you were, you were Shia, so you were never Muslim to begin with. So exactly. how could- <laughs> no, no, no. I have got this. I have got this a few times. Yes, I have got this. Um, but yeah, no, it's crazy how people um, view things, and uh, Tanzania is. Like the Koja community definitely needs somebody to speak out. And I wanted to be that platform uh, because I I'm, I'm okay when, when it comes to my values and no matter who it conflicts, I am okay being on, I'm okay losing people. A lot of my friends are Muslims and if they like, they don't have to agree with me, but if they think I'm they, they even went on protesting um, against me and unfriended me and I'm like, that's fine by me. Right. That's okay. I'm okay with losing that negativity in my life because I'm not coming down from my values and neither should other people. They should talk more about it. Um, there's this there's this perception that uh, Shias leave Islam more often than Sunnis. Do you guys have have you guys heard that? I I, I have, but that's not exactly true. Not in the Australian ex-Muslim. We have more Sunnis, mm. um, but no, also proportionally per uh, like per, per capita wise, like not. not um, I have heard about it. I have had people who have told me, well, if you didn't want to be Shia, you could be Sunni. And I'm like, like that was a second choice or anything. And I'm like, that's not how it works. I didn't leave because I was a Shia. I left because Islam does not make sense to me. This is even before tapping into science and reason and everything. It was just the logical, the psychological trauma that I wanted to um, ad- like address and like dig, dig deeper into. It had... Like, you know, it had nothing to do with um, me, like, it had nothing to do with, like, Hussein and everything. Yeah. Um, and reading Ali's book, I remember he talked about a section on Jews. Um, I should read and I went I to Israel. That they, that they own the media. That's what I wrote. <laughs> no, I did. No, I did. You, also, okay. no, you also talked about how uncomfortable. There was a section where you yeah. talked about how uncomfortable it was talking to somebody who was a Jew because we're taught yes. to hate Jews. Yeah. And yeah. I went to, and now I go, and I go, and I was a progressive Muslim at the time, and it was in 2016, and I go in, and I go to Israel, right, the capital of everything. I go in, and I'm working in the Israel office amongst all Jews. There are very few Muslims there. Um, at least by their names, and they would talk to me in Hebrew because you know they look they look very different. Some of them are Caucasian, some of them are Middle Eastern. So it, it didn't matter what I looked like; they didn't know where I was from. But it was interesting because I went in as an anti-Israeli with the whole Palestine and Israel thing, and I came out not anti-Israeli. It wasn't pro-Israel, but it was really nice understanding um, just opening a platform to talk for all of us and understanding their point of view. Um, and I don't even want to get deeper into it because it just extends to me talking about different perceptions and going and, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. But I felt that. And then when I read your book, I was like, 
yeah, you're right. Like, you know, there's, you're, you're hitting a nail there. Like there is something that you're saying that makes sense. And that's how I started researching more and read up more things on Ayan Hirsi Ali, um, Sam Harris's podcast. And when I heard the podcast with Sarah Hader, you know, talking about being brought up in what she thought was which, a liberal which podcast. Uh, um, our podcast, Sarah Waking Hader. Up, the Sam Harris one. Oh, okay. okay. Sam Harris, Sam Harris, and Sarah Hader, and I was listening to it in like on the plane. Like I was falling, like I listened to podcasts and try falling asleep, and I woke up and I'm like, oh my god, she's like, she's like me, like you know, her her journey uh, so, is so. So she's also she's also from a Shia background as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I, I met her in Australia. I, I met her in Australia. Ex, I think ex mm-hmm. Shias are as superior to ex Sunnis because we keep we keep. Uh, taking, they're more activist ex Shias. Ex Sunnis are just like, yeah, I'm ex Muslim, whatever. But ex Shias, like, we're. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I still have some fun with it. I always like, whenever it's Eid, I always type, I'm like, okay, happy Eid, whether you are a true Muslim or just a Sunni. You know, and that, that's always it's a lot of fun because they get so. No, they go no, nuts. So my, my dad, for my dad, every Sunni is a Wahhabi and they're not. Muslims because they want to kill it. So when I was dating a Sunni guy, my parents were like, "You're never getting married," and I'm like, "I'll do what I want." <laughs> right. um, I mean, to be fair, so, you she, know, she both of them have a point. Like, if you think about Shias, Shias are right. Like, Muhammad kind of made it clear that Ali was supposed to take the, you know, be, Armin. Uh, no, he didn't. All right, all right. But to to be fair, he said, uh, to, Man fahada Ali. It doesn't mean it just yeah. means whoever follows me follows. He said that about so yeah. many people. No, no, no. He that was the that was the largest gathering that he could have done. Like he took him, he put his hand. Like that was that the whole thing would be pointless. Uh, anyway, but he, but the it, reason that Shias and Sunnis differ is because we've got different accounts of history right. based on different hadith, right? So the but, the, but the Khadir credit, hadith to the Sunnis credit to the Sunnis credit, the most um, important. I, yeah, go on, sorry. I'm going to make this about me again. Okay, go go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Armin has met me before, and he knows I make every. Like you know, no, you when we, when we you're, the, you're the guest. Good, good, I was good. Like, so, yeah. I was like, um, no, I'm gonna make this about me because um, one, <laughs> I like it talking about me, and two, I actually have made notes on what I was going to address. I'm very okay. organized. I have okay, sticky good. notes as well. I wanted to just continue the gay wedding that happened and oh, the letters yeah, that we went out. on a tangent. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I actually have it. Written, I, I have it written here anyway. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, um, the wedding happened and then the mother was forced to step down. So she wrote a letter of resignation and she's like, I'm stepping down. But for all of those who have um, blamed me as having um, of, you know, as, you know, as like, why would I be supportive and everything? They're like, we had a hard time accepting our son as well. Like it wasn't, you know, we're like, because, you know, we still thought it was a choice or anything. So they went through a struggle and then they were like, no, it's not. So they understood him better. And they were, they're very supportive parents. Like I talk to them now. They think they've kind of adopted me and they'll be happy listening to this. But um, how, how was she in leadership, though? You said uh, given that she was a woman. Uh, this was this was in Canada. So she was one of the board members. So mm. I, I think it works very differently. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so she was there. So she stepped out and. Um, I talked to her, I was actually talking to her the day before and she's a progressive Muslim, which is great. Um, but, but, you know, she was just like, everybody blamed her. Of like, they're like, how, what kind of a mother are you that supported your son in this? So this is what they do, right? They make you feel bad for supporting their kids. And that's why I had to stop talking to my family right. because if I wouldn't have, 
if I wouldn't have, like my family want to have contact with me, they love me a lot. But one, it would it's just bad for my mental health to always be pulled down by them and not mm. do this thing. And um they might they're going to get shit about me. So I'm like, if my dad can then, you know, defend himself saying I don't even talk to her or she's not even my daughter, if he disowns me, I'm okay with that. I have accepted that. But it just goes back in a loop where well, they'll blame your family and um, it's really sad that they have to go through this because of me. But I feel like um, there's a bigger purpose to all of this than just being around that community. There's getting in touch with your identity and whatnot. But just again, back to the, the gay wedding, I actually did. I actually did write it. So when I posted the thing up, um, the Facebook thing saying, these are the moral compasses that we have, um, where we ostracize people, where we talk shit about them, we gossip about them, but we've never tried learning more about it. We've never accepted it. And um, we've never really, you know, we're, we're not a community that way. How are we a community if we force people to go out of it, out of the, com- like out of uh, the community? Um I'm pretty sure there's a, there there would have been a letter sent out about me being ostracized as well. I didn't even I I just reread the letter now. I hadn't read it in like a year or so. And some of the letters that were sent out also was like some of the letters or some of people just thought that they had authority to just question other people's choices, right? So some of them were sent out. They're like, so what happens? Like who pays the dowry in this? And then what happens when they get divorced? Who? Because you know when you get divorced, you have to for a certain amount of time you can't get married or anything so what happens when they get divorced who is the guy and who is the girl and i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> i'm like education 101 like are you is that really the question that comes to your mind versus what did you guys go through like where is your humanity in this then and like, it was I've, it was just they're like how could we apply islamic laws to a gay wedding that's what they basically exactly. they're, like, they're like how so how are you guys still muslims like that is what Islam is defined by their definition of it. And this is, this is the, the reason I brought this up was to kind of give you an idea of what the community is like, the people that I have to work with every day, mm-hmm. where somebody would just go like, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to pull up my Instagram comments because they're, they're also really fun. They're very fun. Okay. Um, At some point, we need to get to the Patreon questions. We have a live in our live yeah, can you keep asking them and then I'll keep talking because I like talking and there's a whole bunch so after we're done like we just need to spend a little bit time at the end just go through the whole yeah we'll do that in in about we'll yeah we'll break for that in about 10-15 minutes and we'll start the patron questions but I wanted to ask you one more thing Uh, so we had a previous guest also from a Shia background uh, from Australia on this podcast last year uh, the Imam Tawhidi right who uh, when he was oh, yeah. here, yeah, probably. So he, when he was here on the podcast and everything, we had a conversation. I did kind of challenge him a little bit on some of his uh, that whole thing about comparing Muslim, the immigrants to dogs and things like that. So I don't, I don't know. He doesn't. And since then, I, I kind of feel like the whole thing's gone a little off the rails with him. But uh, yeah. what, what's your what, what's your view of him? Are you familiar with that? You know, he's also a Shia imam and so on. Um. No. No. I, you don't know I about haven't. Him? I've heard. I've heard. I've heard of him, but no. I. I, I just stopped. 
I just stopped. Like when I came out of it, I'm like, I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want people to sugarcoat things for me. I don't want people yes. to try to bring you back. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that negativity in my life. And if it's Islam or people of it, it's not that I don't have people that disagree with me. It's just that why would I put myself through that cycle again? Why would I want that? Why do? Why would anybody want their kids to go through that? Right. Like if I no, was, he like, is. So like, I would. I would. No, I was saying that he's more of a, one of the one of these guys who's uh, so he's anti-Muslim immigration. He's a, he's an imam. He calls himself an imam, but he's uh, sort of anti-Muslim okay, immigration. No, so let's not get into the detail of guys. Okay. No, no, but, but, I, but uh, I like but okay. I like the fact that you said you'd, why would somebody sugar? No, I, I was going to get to the reform thing. I'm like, what do you think about people who want to reform it? Right. Uh, right. But okay, so I, I that was that was a question that I think I asked you guys as well. Remember, and I'm like, why would you when you're like preach atheism instead of reforming Islam? And I, I had to disagree with you guys there because I think the way I came out and it's based on personal ex experience that I was a reform, like I was um, a liberal Muslim that I wanted to reform it. And I'm still if, if Islam cannot go away, I'm still pro reformation because that's the next best. Uh, Armin, wait, let her let her. I'm not. Wait. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't He's say anything. He's itching to say something, but I didn't, I'll finish you, you. You're the one that interrupted. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you're, you're, I, I'm like, going to continue. Yes. I'm going to continue. And then you guys yeah, can yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, no, I, I am all, I'm all in for, no, I wouldn't say all in, but I, uh, I would be supportive of a reformed Islam and then slowly getting, as long as you have your reasons, right? Because I feel, and I feel that when I came out of religion, um, my connection to God disappeared because that was the only way God was introduced to me. So I was never spiritual. And I think that the character that I have is that I feel powerful being responsible for my actions instead of thinking that, hey, maybe uh, an entity outside is um, controlling things right. and, you know, or like defy or like, you know, planning my destiny or my luck or anything. So I came out of it, but I understand the need that people have to hold on to God. It makes them feel happier. It makes them. I don't know. It's it's still it's still indoctrination. But if that's what they want, and while I think it's a weak form of it, let them do it. So, like I just don't want. Oh my god! I have to take notes. I, I don't want future generations to grow on. Go on. All right. So okay. So first of all, uh, um, I'm I'm all for all that. Okay. But the thing is that <laughs> what what the source for all that so-called reformation was not Islam. <laughs> the source of that reformation was ideas outside of Islam, right? So yes. don't, so I'm, I'm all for that progress. I'm also, don't, what I'm suggesting is that what that prog, the force behind that progress, the source of that happening is ideas competing with Islam. That's why I'm, what I say is what's happening is Muslims are being reformed. It's not Islam that is being reformed. All I'm saying is that Give credit to the Muslims that are reforming by calling no, it, but by, by calling it Muslims reforming. Don't give credit to Islam. Islam can't reform. Islam is a backward ideology. It's a barbaric ideology. Okay. Right? No. So, yeah. you're, you're right. I, 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 okay. I get your point of view now. Yeah, you're right. And you have, you've, you have definitely, um, put up a very, Great, good point about it. And yeah, you're right. No, I'm, I'm happy with most, like, the last thing we want is for more hate, which we get every day. So I want more acceptance for the ex-Muslims. I think we all do. I think every ex-Muslim is fighting for not, like, you know, it's acceptance regardless of what you change. It's just, let us be, like, 
let us be and we want to highlight why we're this people right. if you have like I hate it. I love it when people go like, but have you asked a scholar or have you even read the book? And I'm like, yes, I have. Right. And that's what <laughs> right. made me come out. Right. I they have, never, they I, never I, ask you that when you become Muslim. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Like, oh, okay, so, so you're, you're good. Like, when, when it's this is, this is the really annoying part that when there's something good about Islam, about hey, do your, like, you know, do be nice to your neighbor and whatnot. Nobody questions it, right? Then I'm like, maybe your neighbor is the one who only has to be Muslim or anything. Nobody questions it. But when there's something negative, people are like, oh, no, 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 this is this is not right. You're reading it wrong. You're just doing it. Like, there's a different interpretation for it. You need to, like, always just reiterate the interpretation. What was interpreted yesterday as beating wives okay. is interpreted as something else tomorrow. You know, you, know uh, you, you accepted my position too fast. I had a lot more to say. <laughs> okay, Armin, but we've we've been through that before. All right, okay. so so let's not so, get can into I, can it. Can I just give yeah. you one? Um, there's so much I want to say, but just one more thing. Like, okay, if you see a Muslim, right, that is fighting for gay rights, fighting for women's rights, fighting for secularism, fighting for democracy, right? Don't don't say, oh, look, Islam could be good, but don't give credit to Islam. Give credit to that Muslim. Oh, to just that, that person. That, yeah, that yeah, person, because every a Muslim is not just a Muslim. A mo don't reduce Muslims to Muslims and nothing but Muslims. We are all influenced by many different, sometimes contradictory source of uh, sources of ideas. All I'm saying is that you can't go to Quran and expect somebody by somebody ex you know by by accepting yeah. the Quran more for them to become more liberal or more uh, secular. No, uh, it's it's the more away the more you move away from the sources of Islam, the more liberal, uh, democratic, secular, and accepting you become. Even if you're still calling yourself a Muslim, you are less influenced by Mus Islam and more influenced by other ideas, the, the you know, the more so-called reformed you are. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the thing is reform, is uh, reform uh, like people who are, uh, the whole reform stuff actually comes out of atheists speaking up. It doesn't come yes, out of reformers speaking yes, up. Exactly. Like when, yes, exactly. Yes, when all yes. of the, uh, in the, the the Reformation, the Enlightenment thinkers, uh, the, like these were atheists and deists, when they spoke up, then they came up with a neutered <laughs> sort of reform version of it. Right. it. It doesn't happen. With, nobody came out and said, I'm a reformer. Sa Sam Harris uh, had a good summary. He says the doors to... Uh, religion, I think with Zara. Oh, okay, busted yeah, from the outside okay. in. Yeah. yeah, the the yeah. doors, the doors to um, I don't know. So the doors to reforming religion is not uh, is not open from within. They're but they're kicked out from outside. That's how. Yeah, yeah, that was a perfect summary. Yeah, but go on. Anyway, yeah. So Zara, yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. No, I definitely definitely agree with you on that. Um, that's what I said before. Islam does not equal to Muslims. So when I don't like practices of as when I have problems with Islam, that doesn't mean I have a problem with Mus like with all Muslims. I have problems with teachings of it. And if you adopt that, I will challenge that. I don't have anything against you as a human being. But uh, and if you decide to call yourself a Muslim, then I don't have anything against you as a, like you know because you're Muslim. I have uh, things that you adopt from Islam that well, one I do not agree with because they're a violation of human rights and freedom. Um, and yeah, and I, I that's very important to clear out, especially when you go public. Um, yeah. People think that when you put this highlights, they're like, what do you have against Islam? The questions I get asked, why are you not picking other religions? Why do you only have to do this? Like, why are you so anti-Islam? And I'm like, I'm not. Like, I'm not, I'm not anti-Islam. I'm highlighting it. And I am anti-Islam. Well, 
to be to be I'm I'm going to be very PC here. I'm going to be very PC here because I-, I am anti any thing that has violence. There are good parts about religion but they're not limited to religion. Mm. And p- they're not limited to religion. See, That's th- what people say but there's so much good in Islam and stuff and I'm like there's no good thing. Really? But but here 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 here's the way I say here's the way see if you agree with this Sarah. The way I uh-huh. see it is that the main victims of Islam are Muslims, right? So for you to be pro-Muslim, you have to be anti-Islam. That is that is that is a that is a good that is interesting. It's also very polarizing, <laughs> and it's it, it sounds very black and white. Um, well, I don't think it true. is that way. It, <laughs> for you, <laughs> for you, for you. Um, I just, I just think that there are definitely different views about it, and people see it very differently than how we see it. Of course. Is there anything uh, you? Uh, about, but the only uh, reason why I say it's my opinion is because I, I think it's true. Like that's how, that's how beliefs work. Yeah. I think exactly. That's what I said. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. said. That it's true <laughs> right. for you. Right. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, we'll have okay. another one on beliefs. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, is, is there is there anything that you liked about growing up? Something about Shiaism? Is there any I part liked, of it that you miss? I liked, I liked Eid. I really liked Eid. I like yeah. Eid as any. I like the family. To- nah, fuck no. that. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped getting my side. and then I had to pretend to do it. I'm like, this is not comfortable because my mom's like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like, oh wait, um, girls do it as well. You guys hit your chest. Yeah. You guys are talking about the uh, the, the Mocking, beating Mocking, beating your yeah. chest. Uh, so in the morning of uh, because they're mourning and not mourning as an M O U R not without the U, um, the death of uh, Hussein, the grandson of Muhammad. What the, what do they do is they so, they beat their chests. Right. So, but so, sorry, I, I interrupted you. Form, what yeah. did you like about the eight? The food. Eat, eat the food, the family togetherness. I I really enjoyed that, but I think that's more of a cultural thing. And now I don't get to take part in any of it. Uh-huh. And when I say I don't get to take part in it, none of my Muslim friends are going to invite me to it. We have um, a, we ha- in North in, in ex Muslims of North America has like a haram version of aid. With I know we sh- have it. We have here too. We okay, I, well, I, we, we try to. Okay. We try to. We're like, oh, yeah. in the is the essence of Eid. Let's go out drinking. <laughs> I got. I gotta say uh-huh. that the koja, like the food that you guys have, is amazing. I absolutely love all the koja. My food. dad's a chef. My that's how people know my dad. He's a chef in Tanzania that cooks for it, and everybody loves his yeah, food. Yeah. He, so he quit. He quit his business. His his retirement plan is cooking. Yeah. So everybody knows me as that girl whose dad makes amazing food and i'm the one here eating pasta in case anybody was wondering <laughs> that's like yeah so i i wanted to say i actually do did like the what you're calling the sinazani or the or the moth or like i enjoyed it not the violent one but just the kind that's like the intensity of clapping because that's where i learned how to sing that's where i learned all my music yeah i actually have a song where, where, by- you, where you were reciting nohas yeah i was a big reciter me and my brothers used to do it and then we were in a rock band later and then there's a, I even recorded, uh, my band even recorded a song called Ptolemy. I'll send it to you guys. And it's, you know, uh, you kind of look like one of that know how reciters, ah, uh, the Pakistani or the Indian guy. I don't know who he is. It's very famous, but I'll, I'll find I, him out. Oh, I, I haven't heard it in like, I haven't heard it in like 10 years, Yeah, 10 years. No, but I this, was very so, young when I left. 
Yeah, no, but on. this was like an English song, and then it was inspired. the The melody was inspired by the some of the nahas, the the yeah, the, the, with the matham and everything. And I actually got a bunch of people to come in and beat their chests around a microphone in a studio, mm-hmm. and then we recorded that, and that became part of the beat for the entire song. So I'll I'll actually send it to you guys. It's it doesn't have anything to do with Barham or anything. Yeah, it's a very heavy it's, it's, it's rock not, song. So but you know, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> girls come to check out uh, guys because that's you know the, a lot of a lot of men come and show off. They take off their shirt and start beating their chest, and there's always a whole row of women checking it on out. the roofs. Yeah, the roofs like checking it out, looking down from the. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was just it was just yeah. I I don't know if that's how I went to check out men. Uh, I'm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right. Uh, Patreon question. Patreon questions. Sure. So let's do that. Do, do you have anything else that you want to say, Sarah? Um, no, I think I, I think I spoke enough about it and I'm going to have uh, a, a Q&A with, um, I'll post it up on my Facebook page. Um, so it'll be a live Q&A on Facebook tomorrow. Sorry. Okay, cool. Send me your uh, the, the uh, your Instagram and your Twitter and all that stuff. We're gonna post that here oh, in the yeah, description. I don't, have Twitter. I don't have Twitter yet. I should get it right. Yeah, yeah uh, no, you probably yeah. shouldn't. It's, no, no, it's no, smart it. to stay away from it. No, no, no. It's uh, okay. Well, let, let, let me let me see how I go with Faithless Hijabi, and right. maybe next year January I'll start. Right. I need to, I need to dedicate time to activism. I really need to do that. I do that at work, and I'm like, no, don't do this. It's a new job. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But by the way, Ali, in the in the live chat, there are some shout outs to uh, people that know and have met Zahra. And I and yeah, I'm going to read all those. So read those as well. Okay. So I'm going to oh, go yay. in. Okay. So, all right, let's go with uh, we've got a new patron, Moose Gals here. Moose, welcome and thank you yay, very much. Moose. I Amazing. Know Moose. All right. How can I read this? How can I read this? Oh, let me send oh. you a link. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, James is saying, uh, "How is Muhammad the perfect man if he didn't father a son?" I responded so, to that. Oh, you did? I, I have a okay. I have a really funny story about this. Actually. He had he he had a son. His name was Ibrahim. He died. Yeah, he had several sons actually. He didn't, uh, wasn't really? the only son, but all of the, yeah, all of his children died in infancy. All the boys died in infancy. The only one who actually survived uh, to adulthood. I mean, there are depending on what sect you're in. He also had three daughters. Some of them say they were stepdaughters from uh, Khadija. Other people say they were his and Khadija's biological daughters, apart from Fatima. But that's all disputed. Apparently, Facebook. yeah, ah, perfect. So ah, now, so yeah, that that's that's one thing. Um, then there is, uh, we were at a, at the Muslimish conference, Alishpa was on a panel with this other sort of Muslim girl, and she was talking about how Islam values sexuality, and Alishpa is like, Islam doesn't value sexuality, you have to have it with your husband, you can't really go around to another dude and say, you know, it's all within the confines of marriage, and she's like, well, the, well, the prophet, he didn't have kids with all of his wives, and she's like, well, of course he didn't, because one of them was nine years old, right. but. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Anyways, let's go to the next question. Perfections. Oh, okay. Is that a true? Is that so? I think Mike's asking about the uh, the um, story of Karbala, and uh, is that true or just a legend? Uh, well, there are uh, aspects of it historically that are that are partly true, right. but they do big it up a lot to make people cry. Like the horse at one point started crying. Um, there was that he threw the blood of an infant on the ground and it started, the ground started speaking. Then the sky started speaking. Like there is all kinds of weird stuff in there that is very obviously not true. 
Right. Uh, so it is. Uh, can I actually tell you something very quickly? Um, you know, we had a private uh, math teacher that my, um, you know, my parents had because they wanted to make sure our grades are high. Uh, but he calculated for us to show how ridiculous our our school teachings are. Because they always wanted to sh- make sure Yazid's army to be like, okay, so my, Hussein's army was so small. Oh, he's so like miserable and vulnerable. But Yazid's army was huge, right? But the numbers that they gave you is astronomically high for Yazid's army. And he, he showed us, he did a calculation that if all the Yazid soldiers were sitting, were, were standing like shoulder to shoulder, right? The number that they gave us, they wouldn't fit in that desert. That's how many, that's how big the number was. Like there, yeah, the, so there's a, yeah, there's a lot of historical revisionism. Right. Zara, this one's for you. Yeah. Uh, why do they, some moose, uh, why do they think it's acceptable to beat your wife? Don't you want to treat somebody you love with kindness and respect? It is not, it shouldn't be acceptable, but why do they think that? Because again, they're in denial that, that beating is actually beating, right? They, they think it is more like, uh, the one thing, the one question I got was, uh, no, the one response I got, and I'm like, why would you, why would it even exist? And they're like, how is it violence if you're beating with less than a feather, right? So they don't even see it that way. They don't even see it as violence. Yes, you're right. They should, and they would want to be treated. And that's how they think that they're being treated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the people that I, also the people that I talk to are the educated ones, the people who have social media, the people who, um, come from a very uh, privileged background, right? We've all had, clo- like, you know, we've all had education to a certain level and some of us have, you know, different varied levels of education. So, no, um, they don't see it that way as abusive. I don't think they've counted that there's emotional abuse written in it. Like, people just don't understand what emotional abuse is. Like, if somebody said, like, if, like emotional abuse is also Armin getting their threats, right? It's also, like, it's bullying, it's yeah. uh, it's definitely it's 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 still a violation of human rights. Like it's still um, abuse, and they don't see it that way. I don't so, even think that was a concept back then. Emotional abuse. No, no, it wasn't. Well, no, it wasn't it was and, because and Muhammad brought a verse down from the Quran saying, telling, commanding people not to speak to him rudely. Like he was so sensitive that people were talking to him without respect that a fucking verse came down from God telling why is the verse not coming down for me I wake up with hate every day why is nobody bringing a verse down they're like hey can you like not talk to Zara like that because you're not you're not meditating in a cave enough you need to start meditating (laughs) every time Muhammad was annoyed about something the verse would come down from God telling people to to cut it out yeah I know it's very convenient Um, so Matt is saying how do Islam? Uh, how do supremacist Islamic societies feel about lagging so far behind kafir societies, or that's non-Muslim societies, in uh, science, technology, medicine, prosperity, and social cohesion? Is there a Quranic explanation or justification? Well, I think the Quran itself is. I mean, if you look at any time you've had religion as part of your governing system, and you've been told that all of the answers are in this book or in this doctrine, why would you want to look elsewhere? If you're born, right when you're born, you're like, oh, everything you want to know, everything, you know, it's all in these books and these traditions, and this is what you have to consult. Why would you even be curious about anything else? If you're told that everything was created by God, why would you want to even explore nature to see where it all came from? So it, it kills curiosity. Religion fetters the mind. It, you know, completely kills any kind of it. It replaces uh, intellect with uh, superstition. That's what it does. 
I think that's just overall. Do you guys have anything to add to that? I have a lot to add to that, but I don't want to take more time. Zara, you go ahead. Um, I, I, I don't have, I wasn't even listening. Sorry. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, I was reading the questions that were addressed to me. Right. Oh, okay. okay but if I get started, if I get started on this topic, it will take like a long time, but we could have, so, a, yeah, we, we can actually, you know what? We should have a whole episode on this. I think, I don't think we've properly covered. We did kind of talk about it with Jerry coin right. a little bit, um, overall, but I think it would be a good thing to cover why, like in Islamic societies, the lack of progress, the overt lack of progress. I mean, Pervez with Boy's written a whole book about yeah, it. So yeah. we, we should definitely do that. Yeah. And I'll make a note of it. Uh, specialist is saying, hi, Zara. This is Alex. I met you in Sydney after the Day of Reckoning. Specialist. So that's obviously not their real name. Or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I'm, I'm Alex. Okay. Oh, you said I, Alex. I, oh, okay. Hey, yeah, Alex. I, oh, I, think, I think I met him as well, right? I did. I met him as. By the way, he yeah, corrected yeah. my pronunciation of something. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I must have said Bondi. No, no. Apparently, oh, we'll, we'll, get we'll get to that. I've been saying so, prosecute. You know what? I said she is a, uh, you know, persecuted. I said prosecuted instead of persecuted. So thank you, specialist journalist, for fixing. Yeah. My bad. I t- I told you that once in a podcast. One of yeah, the yeah. Why are you guys not fixing me? Why are you leaving? No, it no. I was. Like, uh, I just think it's like I would do it if, if I knew you better. But like I, I am very oh, no, blunt. I, but I just think I, it's rude because like I English think, is not your first language. <laughs> Yeah, but I think correct. no. I I was beginning to correct you. I think at one thing, then we moved on to something else because I remember you said that in the past too. You said prosecuted, and I said no, it's persecuted. persecuted but then yes, you moved yes. on to something else. And besides, it doesn't. I well, for me, it's like, I know what he's talking about. Well. So, yeah. so Sarah, there's another um, uh, blonde uh, blonde infidel saying hi. Sarah. Yeah, hi. I, I saw it. I was trying to reply, but then I thought I'll just do it over here. Yeah. Um, there was also a question: What did you feel about working in Israel? So I was I was working for my company, so they sent me. I did not like getting interrogated in the airport; that was not fun. Um, I went to the West Bank because I wanted to see what Palestine was like, and I made a few friends in Israel. The vibe that I got from Israelis is they weren't the most friendliest people if you don't know them, and then they're really nice. But in like the but it's, it's it has nothing to do with me being a foreigner or racism or anything because I think it's just how they. It's just how they interact until you're in their circle. It's like the French. Yeah, I yeah. No, the French are never friendly. Oh well, maybe not to you guys because you're brown men. Like I, I do really well in Europe. I do really well in Europe. Everybody thinks I'm exotic. Not It's great. Yeah, Israel was nice working. The people were interesting i think there was a lot of uh a lot of jews like a lot of israelis told me don't go to the west bank it's dangerous but i went there and it was fine i even got to go to alaksa and they made me at the door they made me recite al-fatiha and i hadn't recited it in so long yeah, I, I, can, I can get in i know i can get in yeah you can get it in, and then you'll be killed when people hey, find out who you are hey wait, did you go to the I, dead sea did you ever go, did you wait, fall the I, dead no, sea i did was, wait, I was wait, working I really there. So go, I really want to go there. Would I? Would I actually be killed? No, right? That's safe. Fine. No, you'd be fine. Yeah, the security uh, yeah. there is like really crazy. The nope. security, hey, uh, guys. Twenty yeah. percent of Israel's population is Arabs of Palestinian descent. No, yeah, twenty uh, percent of them are, uh, they're largely no, Muslim. No, so no, I think it's Jews, safer. The Jews there. will love you. The huh? Jews will love you. 
The Jews will love you. <laughs> they already do. They support this podcast. Yeah, We're Zionist like supporters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like all the Zionists we're, love us. Yeah, we finally go get to meet our sponsors. Like the that's sponsors why we're yeah, I, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. so we get to meet our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, Hi, we're going to Israel. I have my Australian passport, so now I can travel without. Nice. Like, do you guys want to do, do, you guys wanna do we'll, like a secular jihadist episode in Jerusalem? That would be fucking. Yeah, yeah, we should. Oh, we should do that. Amazing. Let's do it. I think we'll have a lot of supporters anyway. Yeah. And that'll yeah. really help hey, all the support your rumors. Our Palestinian and Israeli oh. supporters, and are both our Palestinian and Israeli supporters, we could have them at this, in the same, you know, recording, right? Because she'd right. be like, look, these other people are divided by religion. We, these people are, we're uniting people for leaving religion. So the thing is, the conception that people have outside Israel and Palestine is that they don't get along. That's not true. That's not true. They leave. Pe- they live peacefully. Yes, there is tension. That in Jerusalem, there's a lot of tension, but otherwise, no. It's uh. They're, well, are you talking they're, about they're Israeli not, Arabs? Because they're Israeli. Uh, there are Israeli Arabs. There are Israeli Muslims as well. Um, right. Yeah. But it's yeah. So yeah. like. Yeah, I, but, think, I think I think I think I think people are referring to the tension between between uh, Arabs that are not Israeli Occupied. citizens and, and yeah, yeah. non-citizen uh, is, um, Arabs. Comp- not the citizen yeah. Arabs. So far, so far, I don't know what the future holds, but so far, the Israeli Arabs are treated the same as other citizens. Well, yeah. it, it, well, I mean that's some instances. Yeah. But but, well, it's a, yeah. but but let's not get it. That's a whole can of worms. Yeah, it's the most conflicted uh, region of the world. It also has the highest rate of circumcision. So I think, uh, the, you know, when you cut out the fork skins of babies right when they're born, they're eventually going to. Uh, I think that they're all taking it out. On wait, what the hell? What, how did they just get to circumcision all of a sudden? They're uh, Armin. It's got the highest rate of circumcision in the world, close to hundred percent, and right. it is also the most conflicted place in the world. So I'm just making a correlation. It's not causation. I'm yeah. Saying so I th- I'm kidding too, by the way. Okay. So being facetious. Okay. So, there's some questions about the. What does your scream mean? Is that a is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I think you're your your what? Your scream. Your scream. I just googled it. What does that mean? I've never. I think heard, that's I've a compliment. Before. I think that's a compliment. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Only if they're compliments. I'm happy to but, take. By them. the way, Blonde but Infidel I'll... is using his wife's account because I know Blonde Infidel. I met, uh, I I met as if with you while we were in Sydney. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. now, we now whenever drink. I see Blonde Infidel, I'm not going to know if it's Asif or right, because right. Blonde Infidel is supposed to be Asif's just, wife, not Asif. So. So I'm gonna go yeah, through well, this just so that all the uh, just so that all the patrons do get a chance and they did it in order. Yeah. I'm just gonna run through the rest of it. Mm-hmm. There's some discussion about the whole whale fish thing. Jonah did according to the Bible and the Quran live inside a Jonah fish. Later this, they made right? it into a Jonah. Yeah, Jonah again, they eventually people now say it's a whale because that's that Wait, makes okay, more Eunice sense. Okay, is an Arabic way of saying Jonah. Is that right? Right. You're right. Okay. So. Now let's move on. Uh, more, sorry guys, I'm just focusing on the questions. So we already talked. Zara talked about Israel. Um, okay, now Jimmy's asking: Did you experience much racism in Australia? 
not me personally. Uh, once, yes, I actually did once. Um, but it was when the France and Australia team was playing and the France had African members. And I'm like, I'm African. This is great. This is integration. This is nice. And when France scored, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And somebody just next to me started cussing. It's like, oh, there are no white people. It's all an African team. And I just looked at him like, that is a racist thing to say. I called him out on it. And he, was, he asked me to shut up. because He's like, oh, shut up, you tan bitch. And I'm like, I like my tan. I'm beautiful. Well, so, yeah, soccer fans are just. I mean, you um, can't really. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, and like, and like the bar didn't do anything about it. So it was at Annandale Hotel, and they didn't do anything about it. I went and talked to her, and I'm like, this that was abuse to me as well, and that was racism. And you know, his drinking and his drunk, and we have regulations about it. And basically, they could get fined. And I didn't know this. I only found out about it after they could get fined, and um, they didn't do anything about it. And I'm like, so you're letting this person be racist in your bar and you're giving him a warning to go away with it and he'll do that again and he'll abuse another girl because that's all he's going to get a warning and you're not even going to kick him out and they're like we don't want to cause a chaos so thank you australia for welcoming me and for also being biased amazing <laughs> okay well, so well, the thing is again the, the, the thing you know some sometimes um people's you know i had some experiences here in canada as well and when people say like, "Are you do you get upset about it?" And like, this is how I respond: like, listen, where I come from, if I go back there, I get hanged. Okay, so yeah, this yeah. is this is kind of okay. No, like, I I grew up with racism in Tanzania as well. Being yeah. fair skinned uh, amongst the African, they think because we came there as trades and merchants, they think you have more money. Um, so every time I drove a car, somebody like a police would stop us, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna check if you have all of this." They shouldn't be stopping you unless you're driving ill, but I wasn't. And then you know they're like, "Oh, maybe you don't have your fire extinguisher up to date." And I'm like. Okay, oh. so that's Wait, a little. So you were, you, so you, you are, you have been discriminated for both being too dark and also for being too <laughs> white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're not. So some people find you too light skin, and some people find you too dark. Wow. Okay. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> so um, somebody anyway. asked about whether or not. Uh, yeah, I think it was Moscow. Even though you don't want, you have a desire not to go back. Would you want a relationship with your family? Absolutely, family, yeah. I would. Um, the, the thing right now is they would like a relationship with me, but I cut them off because I think it's safer for them. Um, I think we both need to take our time and space, um, to get to a level where we can accept. And I think distance does it well. So I'm going to give them two or three years to come around. Um, and while I strongly, like, while I help other people feel more comfortable, you know, um, being ex-Muslims or coming out of religion because in the end, family is not everything. They're also people. I mean, yes, you love them, but I went through a lot of shit in the last uh, two months um, outside activism, just, you know, personal stuff. And um, I had my friends there for me. So they were my family for that time. And it, as long as you have good support, it's important. Um, and I do miss my family. I have nieces I haven't seen in a while. And I just want to see photos. I really want to see photos because that's all I have right now. It's hard, but it's not impossible. I'm that happier was, right now. So that was very Australian there. accent, by the way. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I have a, what does my accent sound like? Can somebody from the audience please tell me what I sound like? It's a hybrid, I think. Um, so I one one uh, another way, question. Can I just point out that I think you're the first guest that we had that went to, to the live chat herself and took control over the live chat. That's like 
it's pretty. pretty <laughs> yeah, like, like, I, I it's like, just <laughs> She just wants to get the questions for her. I like. But there's I another question. Um, yeah, so, so you know, this is why have... I go on. What? Sorry, said again. I said I also like attention because that's exactly what I'm doing when I come out as an ex-Muslim. It's all about attention. <laughs> hey, listen, I might as well give up to it. <laughs> if they're ac- accusing you of it, just own it. Yeah, Say, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go, yeah, okay, anyway. I love attention. I love the negative attention I wake up with every day. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those people that are like, oh, you're just trying to get people to read your book. I'm like, why the fuck else would I write a book? Of course, I want to get people. To, what are you talking about? Yeah, like yeah, I want. Like, I want no, to. I wrote this book just for myself, and I got it. Yeah, I just want to sit in a room and read it. it. You don't Your get book cost me forty bucks. I think uh, I don't know. I, that was a lot oh, of money. Hey, I, I no, don't you have. You should read to do my book. That. It's only five bucks. I know. I you know. I, I think I really have. This, I, yeah, we've had this conversation before, and I, I I'm sorry about that, to everybody. That's right. I I don't even have. I got a Kindle version as well, and then my friend has his, has my book for the past year, and he hasn't returned it. Oh man! Well, thank you for getting the book. So, I know. I, 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 it was it was a good read. It was. I think all of these little pieces were exactly what I needed to like be stronger in my opinions and come out and even research more. And that's how I got into science. Uh, like that's how I got into science and reason outside religion. Previously, it was just my thoughts. And I didn't I, even know people like me existed. I was like, how can you yes. not be a Muslim? That's, I know you change religion. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. When people <laughs> see this podcast and there's other people in your community who see it, they're like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one who was thinking this way. Or yeah, I, so I've that. actually, the girls came up to me. They're like, we wanted to know from a Koja perspective because they know what it's like being in the community. And I'm like, look, it's not easy. It's never going to be, right? But what do you value more? Your freedom and your choice to make that decision or to conform to the society, to a society that's not going to accept you for who you are? Are they really then people who care about you right. if they suppress you? Because it comes, being an ex-Muslim in hiding is even more dangerous because it comes with a lot of trauma. Like you try wearing a headscarf I know somebody who wears a headscarf in Tanzania and she's like, I can't take it off, but I'm definitely an ex-Muslim. Like I've read so much and you've inspired and that's great. I like hearing that. But um, I just feel like it's more traumatic because, you know, you have to pretend to be somebody else. You're living a double life. And that's what I was doing in Tanzania. Like, you know, when I go back home, I sometimes wore a headscarf and then now I just stopped wearing it. Uh But um, yeah, I had to, living a double life is just more traumatic than owning so if you're an ex-Muslim and you're listening to this, remember and, and if it remember this and consider if it's safe for you, if it's safe for you, you don't have to be a full-on activist like us here, right? Yeah. But uh, but consider if it is safe for you, there there is benefit from you for you being public about being an ex-Muslim because you're helping normalize it. You help, and you might be actually. Um, there might be other ex-Muslim around you that you don't know that if you are open about it, they feel like, oh, wow, there are other people like me. So consider consider it as an option as if it's safe for you uh, and you're an ex-Muslim after what you heard from what Zara said, you know, there is. Yeah, and, 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 come, and come talk to us, like come talk to any of us. Like I know we sound we sound very aggressive online or like, we, you know, because we put our views out there, but because we've been I think hurt. I. We've been, we, we've been hurt and we yeah. and we want to not we want others to not feel that pain and we're happy to support people and that's why faithless hijabi exists it's mainly for women like it's mainly coming it's it's targeted at women but i talk to everyone anyway it's only targeted at women because i can relate to that like women i feel like women have to come out explicitly as ex-muslims because if they're wearing a headscarf you can't wear a headscarf when you don't believe in it it's it's really hard it's 
suffocating. Oh, right. And then you're coming out of this religion that has misogyny and sexism. And you kind of have to be out there and say, hey, I'm a strong person and I don't need religion to tie me down because that's what it's currently doing. Right. I actually, yeah. know, I actually know an ex-Muslim that she's still wearing the headscarf because she's not out and she's not at all comfortable coming out because of the community. Uh, like, but she's in a Western country, and she's an ex-Muslim, and she still wears the headscarf. Because yeah, I met I met so many of them in the Netherlands. It's yeah. amazing over there, especially like loads of women uh, who showed up at the talks are wearing headscarves. It was right. crazy, and that actually connects I mean, to the next one too. I- yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to London and traveling to Paris and Switzerland, possibly in December for Christmas. So I might meet up with the London group. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! That's amazing. Do that yeah. and, and tell us about it. So yeah, uh, Moose again is saying in the U.S. It seems that a lot of atheists are under 45. Are there any ex-Muslims that come out when they're very old? So I gotta say, almost every talk I've done, yes, lots of them. And after my book came out because it was very public, I had people who we knew, like my parents' friends since we were little kids, their uncles, they wrote to me. Then one of my uncle's friends, he's like, one of my, uh, my uncle in, in London called me. He's like, oh, listen, one of my friends wants to write to you. Can I give him your email? I'm like, yeah, okay. So he wrote to me and he's like, yeah, you know, I've always thought this way too. And these are all people who are sort of totally senior. Uh, I'd also get uh, asked people to go to the uh, Ex-Muslims North America channel and check out the Sayyid Rizvi video. I think he's in his 80s as a pretty killer video i I deconverted my mom after the age of 50 before she died she was a full-on atheist she was very Mm -hmm. atheist like like she was like i don't on her deathbed she told my dad like i don't want anybody praying for me i don't want any religious things on my on my tombstone like she had instructions for my dad regarding after what happens after she died so she was Wow. So, wow, she's yeah. hardcore. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, I'm going to, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. So, okay, I just want to, I'm going to be a little selective here. Uh, someone is saying, stay in Sydney, Zara, or whichever city I live in. That's specialist. He knows you. Um, yeah. some, somebody else is saying, uh, oh, fake Jews. Okay. Whatever. Tawhidi is an idiot. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, which partner can have four spouses? The male, not the female. No, um, no, no. They were talking about in the gay wedding. Like how, who gets to decide? Oh, okay. So I lost the context. That's, yeah. that's actually, <laughs> yeah. So, I think that is definitely up to them. Yeah. The James is saying reform Islam would still be as silly as reform Judaism. If it results in less jihad, that'd be good though. Right. No, it yeah. Wouldn't. But it wouldn't, it would be a cover for spreading Islam even more, but go on. Right. Right. So, uh, okay. Even though I'm never, I've never been Muslim. Zahra is my inspiration. Zahra, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, What's that? That was Moose again. Moose, She's yeah. really, I, 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 this is great. Like a very, very active patron. Thank you very much yeah. again for I'm, joining in. I'm hoping. Find me on Facebook. Yeah. When I get in touch with more, oh my God, I just saw myself picking my teeth on. Oh, fuck this. Like, can, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. can we link to your Facebook in the description? Oh, good. Or no? Yeah, yeah, you can link my Facebook. No, my Facebook is fine. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, once the once the um in the YouTube version, not the, not the live version, but once this becomes um once we post the audio version of this on our YouTube uh, and also on the podcast, all the links that is mentioned is going to be in the description. But go on, Ali. James is saying fuck Twitter. Sharos is asking Ali, what are some of the metal bands that you like? I, I you know what? It's uh the metal ones. 
uh, I loved Metallica, Megadeth before Dave Mustaine went fucking ape shit. I grew up doing Slayer covers with my band Sepultura. I loved Napalm Death. I, a, a lot of these like bands are really great. Uh, the newer ones, uh, I, I'm like, not a rock metal fan. I'm more of R and B. So if, if anybody knows good clubs and free yeah. entries for R and B clubs, please there let me know. Is, yeah. I, this is a generational thing. Right. I was like, I grew up. <laughs> so, so uh, secular jihadists in Jerusalem, yes. So I guess we have some support yes, for that. People are really liking the Jerusalem idea. Let us know if we. One, yeah. 100 foreskins from the Philistines. I thought it was 400 in the Old Testament. How about this, I, I Ali? If we hit 1,000 patrons, we we have we go to the we go the, to Jerusalem. the center of where everything starts from. Yes, started from. We'll even do Can one they also sponsor my ticket? <laughs> Can they also sponsor my ticket because I get paid for this? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, like in but, all seriousness, I would like to do a week again in like Israel and then go and do fun stuff, go to the Dead Sea and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Moose is asking Ali, what's the name of your band? It's actually Dead Shire. The song was called Ptolemy. Uh, I'm typing that into the chat window so you can check it out. Lois. Lois, hi, Yay, how are you? Lois, yeah. Lois was here in Toronto and I only met her. We were here I for dinner her. and it was I really loud and I we couldn't her. talk too much. But Lois, yeah, I want to see you again. But anyway, Lois, uh, is, Ali, Lois is inviting me to Calgary to go speak in Calgary. Yeah, you should go. I've been yeah, there like no. a whole bunch of times. I love it there. Yeah. It's such an it's an amazing place, and then it's beautiful. By the too. way, if anybody so. else is interested in having me as a speaker uh, in their events or Ali, like reach out to us, like um, you know, tweet at us something. Yeah, sure. and uh, so Lo, uh, yeah, uh, Lois, Ali, your book is the first book our new book club <laughs> read. Everyone loved it. Thank you, Lois, as always. Um, your scream it was 200 foreskins yes it was and I think we're almost done science and religion cannot coexist Zara, that's the question for me um, yeah, science and religion cannot coexist I think it can only exist to assert its selective uh, its selective existence it's what you want to exist because I was reading uh, I was reading Yuval Noah Harari's book on uh, Homodius and he has this section on death immortality and science and technology and it was really good and that that actually opened up my mind as well, that how people, um, like, you know, all of these tech companies are trying to make people immortal, but that will never be the case. So what they're trying to do is expand um, the their living, sorry, expand the the death rate. So not the death rate, the age. What, Life what is expectancy. That called? Life expectancy. Sorry, I was like, Life something's spent, yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yeah so they're, they're trying yeah. to. Yeah, and they're trying to expand it, and that was that was really good. And they're like, even though people feel like um, it's going against God's will, which it is, right? Like any of this, like heart transplants or ma- making organs, um, bio organs or anything. Um, but you know, all the Muslims will play like, even contraception, like even things like contraception, and that's science as well. People are so against it. Um, I think it's very selective. Um, it can exist but it is selective because when I was taught evolution, it was a half an hour class. I'm now doing more research on Richard Dawkins' evolutionary biology lectures. Um, but it was a half an hour class saying, this was what evolution is because we're meant to teach you, but God created all of us. I'm yeah, like, okay. no, that was a friend's but, but call. Zara, Zara, we have a we have an entire episode on whether religion and science can are compatible. I was just going to say. With, yeah. Jer- with Jerry Coyne. Right, so yeah. yeah, so you should. Yeah, and he's. Uh, it's actually one of the most fun episodes that we've yeah, ever done. Yeah, it was so. really fun. Except for this one. Except for this one. Except for this one. Yeah. This is. <laughs> 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 
Actually, to that to that point, Mars Mars Chung is saying you're a badass, Sarah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, so, and there was a clarification, and the, the Luis clarified your your scream means you're hilarious. That's what it means. Oh, your scream. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so. Uh, and speaking of clarifications, we have more clarification on the foreskins. Uh, oh, so it was good. actually in the Old Testament. It was 100 foreskins was the price, but David but, bought. Yeah, he was like, I could that do better. Solved. Yeah, I could. No, no, I, no, I remember that. He said I could do better. Like you want yeah. 100? I'll give you 200. <laughs> <laughs> so, and finally, uh, James is uh, suggesting that I should check out Orphan Land and Spider God. Those are metal bands. I will check it out. That's pretty cool. So I hadn't even heard of Spider God. Um, I'll check that out. So, right. great. Can you, great before we end this, one more reminder where, where can people find you, Zara? It's Z A R A space K A Y on Facebook. Right. I don't accept random friend requests, but I do reply to messages. All right. But, and your name is technically Zahra, right? Like the has you, you yeah, yeah, I don't like the H. You don't like it. I don't like the H. So my, my manager called me Zahra and I'm like, it's Zahra. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. a silent H and I can decide that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. All right. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you, people. Thank you. Thank you, Mars, Moose, Lewis, uh, Special Generalist, um, James, Jim, uh, Mars. Oh, I just have one last message. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys, you guys Mike. are welcome, all of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I meant, like, you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> I, I'm a delight right. to be around. So. <laughs> well, you are. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> Uh, so I guess yeah, I'm we'll actually, do this in reverse. I'm actually considering coming to Vancouver for the Penguin philosophy thing. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. about it. Oh, wow. I'm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's great. When, when, when is that, Armin? The, oh my God. Which one is March, March. March, yes. 17th. March 17th. 17th or 14th. I want to come to that. Which one is that again? March 17th is about uh, science. It's more scientific related. Actually, you should be a speaker on that. I'm going to talk. I'm going to speak. No, 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 I'm just curious which one it was. What is the? Uh... It's it's basically science theme, and it's gonna have here. You guys are putting me on the spot. I'm gonna get fired. Yeah, let me. Let no, me no, it's good. You're promoting it. This is okay. good. Yeah. Promote Penguin. Let me bring out uh, Mars. So, hey, if you if you're coming to Vancouver, maybe we could do a, a recording while you're here. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Um, only because I'm planning to go to London and I don't have enough annual leave. I'm going to talk to my manager. And, and you're coming to Vancouver to meet the 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 people that you you know like they're here as well. So that would be good, right? Like the main people that you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just stalling so I could load this. That's what. I'm yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So, I'm friends with uh, Eric right. Weinstein on Instagram. So I think oh, Michael. We chat. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's called the Day of Discovery, March seventeenth. Uh, I'm only Hughes. coming. Let's let's be fair. I'm only coming because Sam Harris is there. Um, so next week when you have this talking, go like you know that little girl from Australia who right, would right, right, take right. photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, but speakers might be updated, so look out for that. Like keep yeah. looking for that. Okay. So, but what's it? What's it called? A day of, uh, day of discovery. Yes. All right. Cool. Okay. Sense. Uh, Zara, thank you so much for being on. No this worries. was a blast. Thank you for 
happening. This was fun. It was it was really nice going into the Shiism and then talking about me, which was nice. <laughs> and co- just it was a co-educational. <laughs> it was like a co-educational mudless without the mourning and the crying and everything. Thank you. And for people who don't know what a mudless is, it is a lecture. Just right. a lecture. Yeah, but this is, uh, is more of a and, and, and we didn't start hitting our chests yet. Yeah, we, we do. We got a Facebook comment here. If it loads, sorry, I have so many. Um, oh, no, no, no. No, okay. Yeah. No, you read it. Okay, never mind. So uh, James was uh, worried that if you're not going to read the uh, comments, but yeah, we did. All right, that was good. Thank you so much. Um, I- I'm going to end the live stream. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Bye, Thanks, guys. everybody. Thank you. See you next time. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you. (laughs) 